This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as you know, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I don't get paid for this. My name is Dan, the comic book movie man, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, the comic book movie man, is here in studio, and the dust has settled, the smoke has cleared, we have finished watching the dark phoenix film and we had actually the opportunity to watch this film together we don't get to see many comic book films together uh well, if we do man. we don't get a chance to talk about them to together. cast together yeah. um but yeah we got to see dark phoenix together um uh, we're casting together on it we're going to give you guys our um honest opinions and a hell of a recap of the entire film uh, as you know that's all going to be spoiler filled so i thought it'd be best to give you guys a little bit of a spoiler free review as we tend to do so that in case you haven't seen the movie yet you guys get to listen to something then you go watch the film come back to this episode and chop it up all things dark phoenix so i'm gonna go ahead and relinquish some time over to you dan the comic book movie man as you uh talk dark phoenix spoiler free uh spoiler free this movie actually opens up pretty promising that's that's one thing that i will say about the movie it opens up in uh, 1975 you see a young gene gray spoiler free spoiler free yeah for those for, for those for home uh folks at home you, get, a, you get an opening yet. to a young gene gray that that's about as vague as I can be. you get a <laughs> right you get a nice gene gray opening but is this worth the people's money the people who are right now there's a lot going on with the reviews the reviews are out and we're on, we're at this weird point in time with movie reviews because of I would say you know the five million pound lizard in the room Godzilla Godzilla comes out and gets eviscerated by critics and fans go and see it and say this is the Godzilla movie we wanted some of them and so it's created this weird divide. And where where fans are starting to say, well, we can't trust all reviews because those guys are viewing it in a different way and experiencing the film in a different way than the average. Well, don't uh, go to movie a, don't take a, a critic's opinion. It, it, don't read a critic's opinion if you're not trying to take a critic's word. You know, there's a difference between critiquing a movie and reviewing a film. Yes. What we do is really we try to review the film. We try yeah, to like go, go over, over it, it scene yeah. by scene, mm-hmm. try and break down and and voice our opinions. Not so much as like storytelling aspects or like camera movement and all that. But as far as it goes, when it comes down to anybody's word, you can't take everybody's word to mouth. You have to watch things yourself. And this is one of these movies where you can't listen to people. You just have to watch it for yourself. Because hey, you never know. You might like the film. You might hate the film, but well, you have to that's see the it yourself. Best, that's the best part about our spoiler-free reviews, 
because um, it's getting hard out there. You know, we got Disney Plus creeping around the corner. Um, you got you got so much content on the DC Universe app, and we'll be getting into some of that next week. Ooh, and um, with everything out with 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 movies of uh, uh, you know a touch away on your phone and television on every app, people need. People want to be directed to the best of the best. People want to know what's, what they should be investing their time and money into. Probably and so, you don't know who, it, what they truly like. Right. That's right, the thing. Yeah. Like You can tell somebody, this is the best movie I've ever seen, and you recommend it to them. 20 minutes in, they shut it off because they're bored. Right. You never know. It's a gamble with movies. Uh, it is a huge when I gamble. I short circuit, too. Everyone gets like kind of crazy. But <laughs> I like Johnny Five, damn it. So that, that'll be what that is. Um, yeah, so continue with your with what you what you would like the fans to know without spoilers about this film uh i'd like you to know that there is some good uh, x-men action there is nice teamwork there, it, the suits are back to the first class suits which kind of makes me upset uh, if you've seen the trailer you see that they're back uh, yeah. to their yellow and blue suits that was in first class right that yeah. was the first class suits they just looked I think in first class the the reasoning behind it was they were like some kind of like jumpsuits like flight, there were there were flight suits flight suits yeah this they just have a giant yellow X across them right. so well at least they got built for them in in um I think it was Apocalypse they're like oh yeah look these flight suits and they all fit <laughs> like they, when they all have the black ones like the oh, black yeah. tactical ones in Apocalypse yeah they just there's just some on board which has always been the problem with the X Men is like how do you have suits on hand that fit every single body size you don't even know what half of these and guys like Colossus mutations exactly stuff, yeah. well, what about the guy from First Class uh, not First Class uh, Last Stand where he's fat and then he goes to small oh, so he yeah, can squeeze yeah, between yeah. seats maybe he does that to squeeze in between his own uh, his own little X suit um the acting, I, I have to praise the acting. Is I, I kind of liked um, uh, Sansa Stark or Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. I, I never really found Jean Grey to be entertaining or compelling in any way, and that's not Famke Jensen's problem. That's that's the writing and the directing. Like I think she's too good of an actress for you to like make her that boring, especially in a movie that's supposed to be all about her. But Sophie Turner, I think she was killing it. Straight up, I enjoyed Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. Yeah, she had a lot of good emoting when she was when she was trying to like tell people to shut up. She was doing really good putting the hands over the ears. Yeah. Uh, man, that, it's really hard that, to is talk. That, is that all? It's hard to. So, uh, I, I, I'm 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 allowing I'm allowing the spoonful of sugar. This is a spoonful <laughs> of sugar moment, Dan, because I know that you feel slightly different than I do on this film. So I'm allowing you to give the spoonful of sugar. Uh, to these, to the audience. Well, when we get into spoilers, I'd be able to say and everything then, that I that, that I want to say. But as as far as spoiler free goes, if you're gonna go into it for any reason, go into it knowing that it's not the worst okay. X Men movie you'll see. If you've sat through Origins, if you've sat through Last Stand, you sat through Apocalypse, then this is not gonna be anything for you. It's just, it's a chore to watch at some points. There are some scenes that really drag for no reason. Yeah. Other scenes completely. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> I, I think that I think that's pretty good. I'll go ahead and I'll. I, this will be my spoiler-free review of this film. I personally didn't like it. Um, I knew I didn't like it about ten minutes into the film, which is very <laughs> rare for me because I understand that films ebb and flow. I understand that they sometimes they'll pick up, you know, in certain moments, and sometimes they'll slow down. I'm 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 in the bag for that, you know, like. I completely dig that. I, I like changing changes in pace as long as it um, is propped up by the story. Um, 
I think the reason why I initially first started to not like it is I don't think that this film has a lot of great writing. I think that the the way that people talk in this film is not great. It's not. It doesn't flow. I think the reason why first class is like when they're just BSing and, and nicknaming each other, and when they're uh, when Charles is um, and they're recruiting, like everyone's just kind of chill. I didn't feel like a lot of people were inspired in this role, and um, there was a bunch of backstage gossip that we'll get into in the spoiler uh, filled territory of this podcast where people talked about um you know a constant reshoots and having to get people back in between things like game of thrones you know like it's not easy to be putting people back and be like okay now remember that role that you played eight months ago get back in that mindset and we're gonna shoot this this scene it's hard um i i think i'm i'm just i'm just down on it i this is like the second or third time that I've gone whole hog on a property that I wasn't a hundred percent knowledgeable on, and the film just completely let me down. Most recently, it was Hellboy, um, who has some some killer uh, source material, but I don't know if it necessarily lends itself to the movie, like you know, uh, movie writing, movie scripts, and stuff like that, movie pacing. And here. I you know I sat and I watched um, the animated series version of this story. I reviewed me and uh, GT reviewed the comic book version of this available wherever podcasts are found. It's literally the episode before this one, um, and we went me and you went over all the X Men films, and we saw where they they fell and we saw where they rose, and it just feels like the person who made this film had not seen any of those X Men films, which is crazy because he wrote the first. Two. Yeah, and so... The first two, Kinberg. He ends up just making a lot of the same mistakes. And I just... I, I found myself noticeably irritated at points. I found myself literally going like, what? what is this about? I turned to you at one point going, going went, whatever. Like, I don't <laughs> even care. Yeah. Like, I don't even care what's going on right now. Whether or not it makes sense. Whether or not it... it um, it can actually happen in, in, in the real world. I just don't care anymore. And when it gets to that point, then I think it's bad. The and did have a lot of eye-rolling dialogue, a lot of eye-rolling scenes. There's a moment in this film, Dan, where me and you audibly laughed at the same exact <laughs> point because of how something was shot. And it is <laughs> the, the biggest thing I can say about this film is I honestly feel, and when you watch it, guys who haven't seen it, and come back to this podcast – Go along with me on this theory that this film has at least four to five other comic book movies in it. Oh, 100%. Well, that's what the problem with a lot of the reshoots were. They had to reshoot the ending because it was but did they not just see like another comic book. Other comic book movies? Have they just have the X-Men writers been in the same closed off universe the X-Men characters are where Marvel movies don't exist and DC movies don't exist so you can just do this? Um I I don't think so. So, me personally, I say Save your money. Save your money. Um, or let's do what we did and get $4 yeah, movie tickets. T-Mobile Tuesdays, thank you very much because we were able to get $2, uh, $4 movie tickets after taxes and everything, which is pretty impressive. Usually it's yeah, one of those it was... snags where it's like $4 plus the convenience fee and tax. Nope. Nope. It was $4 straight flat. up $4 tickets. And if I'm angry for seeing a $4 movie, then that, then that, that tells, tells you tells you something. everything about the movie. Um, I say save your money uh, or go see it for $4 or $5 Tuesdays or whatever kind of your local or whatever just deal. wait a couple of weeks in like two weeks Showbox for the Android users Showbox will have it available you'll be able to find it on Putlock or something yeah um, 
Just don't let it them just, know that you want to support this movie. Don't give your money to uh, to support things like this cuz th- Sony never Sony and 21st Century Fox never learn. They don't learn from her, their mistakes. All of the bad parts and you guys know all of the bad parts of for, uh, of Last Stand is going to be in this movie. All of the dull moments of movies like Man of Steel is in this movie. There's elements of Fantastic Four from 2005 in this movie. So, no, it's not a success. It is a fail by all means. I feel like it's just... It's one of those things where I went into it with all the negative things in my mind. I went into it feeling like I was going to watch a movie that, that would fall apart. And it fell apart in ways that I did not predict. Which got me angry. See, that's the problem. Is I went into this movie so hopeful for the last week and a half. I've just been like going in like, I know this. It has to be good. It's got to be good. It's, and it, it also doesn't feel like an ending. Which I guess... No, 100%. This is not an end to a franchise. This is not an end at all. This is like if there's going to be another movie coming out next year that's going to wrap everything up again. But even if, and without spoilers, how? Even if they could, even if, even if Disney was like, you know what? Y'all got a good thing going there. Just continue it. Uh, we'll do one more, and then we'll bring you guys in with everybody else. They couldn't. They couldn't There's make another no X-Men way, film no. with this. The story that they've told in this film, they could not continue. Um, and not, or not in a clean-cut way that would, that you can do in the MCU. It would just seem like another sequel to the same exact movie. It'd be like, it's like if you cut the movie into two parts. Are we going to go back to the 70s, 60s again? Like, what are we gonna no, do? we're going to so, go to the 2010s now. Now so, X-Men's going to be in the 2010s. I'm always one of those ones that say, you know, take take things with a grain of salt. But oh, this is for a those big who have trusted us, so for those who have trusted us as part of the Major Issues podcast, for um, I, I gave a little bit of a spoiler-free review on um, Facebook, and I had people telling me, like, if you didn't like it, like, so we, we've, get, we've garnered a level of respect amongst uh, the comic book community, and I dig it. You know, I'm, I, we're just trying to... Give you guys the the skinny of, of all this and and honest genuine reactions until we Extremely start getting paid for that. by people and then we'll lie. But until then, <laughs> we have nothing. We have literally nothing but the truth. We have nothing but our opinions on this podcast. So I say that your opinion matters just as much. Go ahead and see the film for, with as little effort and money as possible. Is what I say. Don't and, have and expectations, really. Yeah, make make up your mind for yourself, but don't go in with expectations. But man. Man, okay. Are we then gonna this press the, the button? End. Yeah, this is this will be the end of the spoiler-free uh, review. Portion. I tried being nice as I could. I'm about to go and grab that drink I poured for myself because this is gonna be this is this. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm sad. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I'm confused. He really waved his hand at one particular scene. I saw. I just looked over at him. And I just saw him waving his hand. Like, and can I, we just move this along? I think can I have just... the patience of a saint. I I've sat through a lot of bad television. We've done so many comics. witches worse. We've that... done witches worse. I had to watch Catwoman and Electra in the same week. You understand? <laughs> and then rewatch them to take notes because the first time that you watch them, you're not you're not trying to remember anything you're just trying to experience it and so i had to watch those movies twice and i became a gluttony i guess for this for this a glutton for this punishment and um i i was not ready for the for the the gut punch that i felt in this film where i was just like none of this is right this is this is this is not i mean i I hate to use the the colloquial term at this moment but it's not my x-men like it's hashtag not yeah. my X-Men. Um, 
I don't think anyone in here besides the the, the points you talk about said it opens up pretty well. And that's like that's that's the damning with faint praise that's been going on all over. Every review I saw said, "Well, the in the beginning <laughs> it's real," and I'm like, "I yes, you guys are right for that." But it's like, you know, that best man speech was going great, and then he threw up on the cake, knocked over the table, accidentally knocked your wife over. <laughs> And, you know, set the, the rest of the dance floor on fire. Like, yeah, yeah, the little bit, to me, isn't worth the rest of it. The biggest problem with this film, Dan, the biggest problem I have with this film is it feels entirely unnecessary. And when $200 million gets put onto <laughs> any piece of art, any project, the last thing that you want to feel afterwards is that I, I didn't need that. That was, it was a piece of gum. It was, you know, a mint on the pillow in the hotel room. Like, you don't have to take it. If you don't it take it, It was a filler episode day. at the end of the day. It's a filler movie, bro. Like, we're watching a... filler movies yeah, now. Yeah, it's a like, filler movie. We've got to the point where we got filler movies. And this is, you know, before getting to, like, actual facts and recaps and stuff, this is the first time I ever got the feeling like, oh, they don't have Wolverine, so they don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, without somebody, without Wolverine... As the main protagonist, they don't know what to do. Or at least do. the center focus in a way. Yeah, and in the today's climate, this this might be sacrilege to say, but I don't think they treat the women very great in this franchise. Like, when I look at the franchise as a whole now, because yesterday I had some digs at, at it where I'm just like, there's a lot of pro-women, uh, like, um, what would you call that? Uh, dialogue. There's oh, in the movie, women oh, statements. Yeah, there was a um, lot of very, there was a lot of women empowerment speak speech in the movie. There was a whole little thing by Mystique about women empowerment and stuff. But no, I I know exactly what you mean. No, the the X Men is known to have some of the most iconic, strong women to date: Rogue, Jean Grey, Storm, Emma Frost. Uh, who who else would you Jubilee? If you wanna if you wanna try and say that she's you know she's iconic in a sense, but. Still does nothing, but you know, there's still a lot of great ex women yeah. in in the series in general. Like, like, and they've con- with with Marvel not having them, you have like you can do your a a uh, a force as they talk about. You know, with Storm, Jean Grey, Jubilee, Psylocke is somewhere. Psylocke ran away. The last movie, where's Psylocke? Damn it! Ah. <laughs> uh. I gotta bring it into MCU already. My biggest problem with this film is that it. There used to be a joke amongst movie reviewers, comic book movie reviewers, that the X-Men continuity is garbage. But the biggest joke that would go around is that if you want to prep for an X-Men film, all you have to do is watch the last one. Because it will literally erase everything before then. (laughs) But this movie erases the last one. In the last... In X-Men Apocalypse, Charles Xavier is fighting Apocalypse in his head. And he's like, oh, I'm not fighting you alone. And Jean Grey enters his head. In then, he says, release your power, Jean. And Jean releases a big flame bird. And that big flame bird kills Apocalypse. And everybody in the theater goes, oh, snap, they're doing Dark Phoenix again. I guess the Phoenix Force was something that was dormant in her. And then she'll eventually snap and go in that direction. No, we're just going to give her her Phoenix powers the same way we gave Fantastic Four their powers. But they re-give her the power. So what was that? 
What happened to well, Apocalypse? I mean, look at the end of how X-Men Apocalypse ended. It ended them with them having actual comic book accurate costumes just for them to go back to the first class flight suits. Why? Why are we ignoring? How can this be both be the end of a franchise and not acknowledge any of the franchise while doing it? This You can't make a solo X-Men movie and then have these moments where it doesn't resonate because... We don't know these people. Well, that's what this is. This we is a solo X-Men film. This is a Gene Gray movie with a, X-Men. This is a Charles Xavier movie. Oh, this ain't a Charles Xavier movie. This, as the only person, as one of the only people to start and end this movie alive, this is a Charles Xavier movie. From from him taking, and when you think about even that arc, he takes a little girl, he didn't take a little girl, he brought a little, he took a little girl in, um, you know, gives her some psychic barriers, girl breaks the psychic barriers, find out that she's betrayed, they have it on the outs. They're on the outs with one another. They reconcile. She dies. And so you're basically he, talking and about last stand. And then he has a drink and lasts it off with his old friend in, in, in a in a cafe. What what arc is that? What happened there? What did I don't know. Learn? You really just described like the entire movie in like two seconds. I I don't understand how this happened. I, I don't understand how the fundamental misunderstanding of these characters was able to to happen. Um, I don't think they have the best characters. Um, you know, it's almost MC, which is weird because they own them all. They own them all. They can put as many of them on the screen as they want. They could have time traveled X twenty three. They could have brought in a Deadpool. Colossus could have so showed up. So many in this different film. characters that they could have went with. That they stuck with the original team of Apocalypse, but doesn't even give them the damn suits from but, the ending of Apocalypse. But the thing is, they ha- it's just it's, it is the group from Apocalypse, right? Yeah, minus that's the- Gene. No, Gene. minus Gene was in it. But I'm saying halfway through. Oh, oh yeah, halfway minus through. Gene, minus Quicksilver, minus Mystique. So the team, the X-Men, are Storm, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler Cyclops. and Cyclops. Yeah. Because Beast eventually then ter- leaves as well. And so we have, there is no X-Men team, which is probably why they didn't call it X-Men Dark Phoenix. That was probably our first little inclination that this was not an X-Men film. And I guess I don't have any right to call it one. And it surely, no, Dark didn't, Phoenix. It surely didn't act like one. And that, that I think is the biggest it's the saddest thing because if this was supposed to be the last hurrah, we spoke a lot of good. We we said from, in many ways that the good outweighed the bad when it came to this film. And um, when it came to the film franchise, I mean, and I don't feel like it it is that case with this particular. This film. is basically the Wolverine. This is basically the Wolverine. I mean, it's, it's closer to to Origins Wolverine, but to each his own. <laughs> It's I haven't just, decided if it's worse than Origins Wolverine. I think it's on par with You haven't Stand. decided if it's... I, I, I haven't decided. I, I know it's better than Apocalypse. 100% I know it's better than Apocalypse because I can't stand Apocalypse. I think Apocalypse is absolutely terrible. There is no redeeming qualities but about it. what's your it. beef with bo- Apocalypse? What? What's your beef with Apocalypse? It's boring. Okay. None of the characters... You didn't think this movie was boring? No, I thought it was boring at the last... But the, near the climax. Okay. Near the train scene, yeah. Then, then it started becoming a chore. Then I started squirming in my chair, and I started getting very antsy. I was like, "Oh, this is seeming to be a little bit long." There's like five different endings here, but Apocalypse. There was nothing that I could say is good about that movie. None of the none of the acting because I, I when I initially saw Apocalypse, I didn't I didn't know Sophie Turner, and I didn't have Game of Thrones love, so uh-huh. I didn't like her. I didn't like anybody that they casted. The, the kid that was playing young Scott didn't like him. 
this is this I feel everybody improved in a way. What would you? I guess that's the other question. Then, what would you say was were were the improvements that made you like this over Apocalypse? The acting. The, I, I have to say that the acting but is solid. Je- but Jennifer Lawrence is terrible. In this uh, film. Let's not count Jennifer and Lawrence. And Nicholas Holt is kind of bad in this film as well. I'm, I kind of liked when he was getting upset at Charles. He's a baby. <laughs> he is a man-child in this film. Um, <laughs> and we also have to remember, given everything that we know, Charles Xavier f- finds the first class in the 1960s. This movie's taking place in the 90s. Everyone in this film should be, should like be 30 50, yeah. years older than wow, where they were in their lives. And when they we saw still look class. like, I guess the mutant gene makes you young. Not only does everyone look young, which is fine. The mutant gene could make you young. The X-Men have lasted forever. Fine. It's whatever. But I don't understand. There's no weight to anything being said because it, everyone looks like how they looked before. Yeah, but then it makes no sense because look, what, like, look at X-Men. From two thousand, mm. think of the time period it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be taking place during. But, How do they look like that in five years? But the thing is, you could. My answer to that is that you could you could hand wave that away, with, Days of Future's Past. You can say that in stopping in stopping Mystique from doing what she did, it's created a new timeline in which maybe X Men two thousand happens in two thousand and five. Well, the, the, the timeline's already skewed because Mystique isn't supposed to be a good guy. That's not a timeline thing. That's just a bad writing thing. That's just a Jennifer Lawrence is the most high-profile actress actor on. So you this, couldn't have given her anybody else. There are so it's many. It's the reason. It's the same reason why Suicide Squad spends so much time with Deadshot. Because it's Will. Because it's Will Smith. If it was anyone else in that role, they'd be giving as much attention as they got. As they gave Captain Boomerang as they gave Killer Croc. But if Will Smith was playing Killer Croc, Killer Croc would have had a whole stop B plot. In this film. True. It's the same way um, Margot Robbie had so much uh, of, of Suicide Squad. But literally, there are characters that can't be bothered to do anything else in that film. But Will Smith has flashbacks, flash forwards, a meeting with Batman. You understand? They do it. They give him the nine. Um, but in this, nobody is as important as Xavier, Jean Grey, and, um, and oddly enough, Magneto, who doesn't need to be in this film at all. At Doesn't all. need to be in this at room at all. The all. same exact things would probably would have happened regardless in this film if Magneto was not in it. And it's Magneto. I I I feel like it's Magneto in Helmet only. He could have been in Assassin's Creed. He could have been in uh name another movie he's in. That one. And he could have <laughs> <laughs> just doing the British acting and or, or the British accent. And that would have been it. I just didn't understand. He was some sort of hippie, just, just chilling out. in his own part of the right. land, making tea. How do you like? How do Thanos. you drop? Uh, what I don't understand is how do you drop a stadium on top of a press conference? He's wanted for killing then, the president. Then attack the president. <laughs> You're wanted for killing JFK. JFK. Not not for accidentally another. He's wanted You're for wanted for killing JFK. He escaped you... out of the Pentagon. They escaped and out of the, the president Pentagon. just gives him his own piece of land and says, "Here's your pardons." For uh, what? How? Know. What? I don't know. I I don't understand. You gonna wave that off the Days of Future Past too? No, no, that wasn't me. I told you that's bad writing. Everything in here is bad writing. I would not wave anything off in here. But let's go ahead and get started. This, this was directed by. This was barely directed by Simon Kinberg. It was his first time directing, and it shows. Why did they let him do get it? Get ready for a filler cast. Filler cast. Well, drinking cast. So this is, see, you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? That's that's delight. That's there. the ice that no Storm delight. made from. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll get there. There's no delight in this cast, so I had to put some delight in my drink. Um, so far, 
the film has made five million dollars domestically on a twenty million dollar budget. That's under what I John mean, Wick, and it's still Friday. Today is the day we, yeah, but that's under John Wick. People like seeing people get shot in the face more, I guess, than uh, the X. They better be aware because they're going up against Secret Life of Pets too. Yeah, and that first one did really well. So. Those people like talking animal movies. I don't know what the hell. Maybe they should have cartoons, Boss Babies, and all that. Uh, boss Babies. Um, it currently sits at twenty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that's the critic score with a sixty four percent audience score. Uh, um, that expressing my that divide that I was speaking about earlier. Remember? I guess you would be. Yeah, you'd be in the twenty three percent. Not that hate it, the. Yeah, you'd be in the twenty three percent that didn't like it. No, no, it's the other way around. I mean, yeah, I'd you'd be, be in the you'd be in the seventy something yeah, percent yeah, yeah, that hated yeah. it. I'm in the seventy seven percent. I kind of like it. I kind of to dislike it. It's like, I guess if you were to chop it up and take like maybe half that movie out, then I would enjoy it. I kind of I did enjoy the X Men stuff, but there's no X Men stuff in this. The first, let's get let's get into it. Um. Uh yeah, it's produced by Simon Kinberg, directed by Simon Kinberg. I'm pretty sure it's written by Simon Kinberg. I think it is written by him too. Uh, yeah, it's so, a whole Simon Kinberg film. So congrats, you got the hat trick of failure because all of those were terribly done. Not that I've ever directed a movie, but matter of fact, I'm about to make my own X Men movie, and y'all about to see it. But anyway, um, the film opens up in 1975. Where we I see need you people to note that he has Shazam written. I have here. Shazam I just, written down. I here. just want it noted because. Shazam opens up in the past where we see a, no, spoiler alert, we see a young Dr. Savannah accidentally cause a car accident when forces that he cannot control, uh, you know, cause him to cause a distraction and watch his his parents get killed. Um, In this, we see the same thing with Jean and her parents, right? So they're driving around, um, they're arguing about the radio, and then... And then the mother... I want to listen to this station. But the the, the radio station changed, and the mother goes, Jean, are you doing that? How? I don't How? Know. I don't Why would that be her she's first? She's automatically assuming that Why her daughter's would that a... Be? That was her first assumption. assumption that her daughter's a mutant. No, that was her very... Her first assumption was, you the radio said you changed, wanted to change, and, then she looked and at you it. changed it, so you changed it. That's called false equivalencies. What are you doing What are you doing there, Gene? You changed it. And she's like, no, I didn't. Yada, yada, yada. And then begins a trope that continues for the rest of this film, where Gene Grey will close her eyes and just say, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, and then things happen. So in this um, in this incident, she accidentally loses control of her blooming telepathic abilities, and the result is a horrific car wreck that seemingly kills both her parents, leaving Jean the sole survivor and an orphan. Um, she's hospitalized, but the doctors are amazed that she has no signs of damage. I did like how strangely her mind created some kind of mind cocoon and so she got none of the debris in the car wreck. Oh, yeah, no, that but kind of But it did not do good. that for her parents, and though, so seemingly they're both dead, quote unquote. Um, not knowing what to do with her, we see a young pre apocalypse Charles Xavier. I do like McAvoy with hair. I like McAvoy yeah. with hair. Guy looks cool. I like young Xavier. I want to see more. Like, of if young you're going to keep with the young Xavier, just keep Xavier bald and not bald. What's the point of making him bald if you're going to make him look like he's 20? Or if you're going to keep going back? Like, yeah. We've already established, unless they, unless there is some weird directive, some weird editorial directive that says that no, we're really still trying to make them Patrick Stewart and and um, Ian McKellen. Because if they're not, you don't gotta follow time rules. You don't gotta follow hair rules. You don't gotta follow nothing. Nope, Dave. With, but the Days of Future Past showed that that really is who he turns out to be in the future, which he is fine. Comes out to be Patrick Stewart, which then it does. 
It's fine. He can be a version of but Patrick the movie, Stewart. But then the movie ends with no... F- this movie? Yeah, this movie. Is- oh, no, but this movie... So th- that's the thing. I think I honestly believe that you will always look how you're going to look when you're old. Regardless of what happens to you in your life. If Charles would have quit in Days of Future Past and opened up at McDonald's, he would have just been Patrick Stewart, manager of McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? And so I do believe that regardless of what happens in this movie, you still get old... Magneto and still get old Professor X, and that's fine. Just the world doesn't look the same. I, I guess there's no Sentinels killing everybody, so that's that's good. But that's the only good thing. Um, well, no, I, I speak too quickly. There is one more good thing, and it's this next scene. The best scene um, of the movie, basically. Charles, the only good writing. Charles Xavier consoles, comforts, and recruits Jean Grey into his school for the gifted youngsters. At first, she hesitates, saying she breaks things and cannot be that, and and she cannot be fixed. And Charles assures her that there is nothing to be fixed because she is not broken. And she he gives this speech where he uh, equates the mutant gene or mutant powers in general to a pen. And also... But to, but to, a, to explain to like an eight-year-old in distress? It was smooth as hell. Yeah. It was smooth as hell because basically he's like, you see this pen here? You can do anything you want with it. You can draw with it or you can stab somebody in the eye with it. Here, you take it. it it's, it's your gift. Now, you can choose what you want to do with your gift <laughs> or whatever that is to do but if you decide that you want to do good things with your gift wink, i can help wink. you i can yeah. help you and i thought that that was very well said it was sweet it was heartfelt it sounds like something that professor x would say to and us it sounds a like fighting a, mutant and the thing is you got to believe that this is not the first frightening mutant he's found yeah. this is not the first uh, mutant that parents are like i don't know what to do with him he has a long tongue and i don't know what's going on with that you know what i'm saying like, he must have recruited kids from all over and who are all terrified and scared and all that kind of stuff. Um, how'd you like Jean sussing out that her parents were dead? I kind of did like it, but it's so obvious. They showed that, his, that her father was alive in that car crash. He was looking at her and looked at his wife. I actually didn't, but I, I, I thought that they... I thought that they were going for the horror factor of, like, she's going to be looking at them dead slash dying until they die which is horrifying <laughs> like that that yeah. just you know being in a car accident let alone being in a car accident where everyone else is dead but you and you are in the car with these dead people until you're saved i think that's i'm assuming horrific. her powers just knocked her out like like she just like lost all of her oh, energy when is she not knocked out in this film then when is she not taking a rest on she the, is falling on the floor the time on the floor in the grass on the regular floor in space in space on a on a weird crucifix uh, <laughs> train uh, train like a weird holding operating table operating looks. table in bed, um, yeah that oh my god always on the ground. But then we get the title card, and you were a bit ecstatic. You liked that they had a bit of a of a of a what do they call that prologue. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed the prologue that they had. I thought it was, I thought it was X Men, not just X Men. I thought it was what we've come to expect in the first class series. You know what's funny? It actually reminds me a lot if if you think about it, like the way it was shot, structured, like the prologue from Last End, where we see a young mutant kind of. I think that's what they were going for. I think they were going for the Xavier finds Jean Grey. You know what's weird though? I really dig that angel scene in Last End, where no child angel. Oh, he was trying to so cut his wings off. His wings. Yeah, no. That was a like, good scene. And that was a prologue. And he's a, and he's a Remember pro- that was a prologue. That was, that oh, was... and then it goes straight into his yeah. back and into the... Yeah. And then... It, then, 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 then and then, then you go to the 
present. Uh, no, then it goes back to the past again. No, it, I think it rushes like ten years into the future. Yeah. No X Men theme song. How you feel about that? Well, it's not an X Men movie, so that's your first. <laughs> uh, Hans Zimmer's on this. No way he scored Hans this. Hans Zimmer is on this. This is an obnoxious guy. I like the Zimmer score, but did it, it so- with his eyes closed. I like the score, but some of it was obnoxious. This is Hans Zimmer. Oh my god. Why did they drag so many talented people into this? Anyway. I'm so mad that they Why did they just bring back Henry Jackman? I don't get it. He did a great job with a- establishing a lot of these theme songs. Frankenstein's Monster is one of the best theme I, songs. Bro, we're 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 at nauseum. Of what we praise, literally just go back two episodes and you can hear all the good things we say. If you think that this is just a hate fest for the X-Men films, it's not. No, literally I, I went into this movie expecting good. I love the X-Men movies. As bad as they are structured structurally, I can still find enjoyment in a lot of the movies. I can look up from my phone and see a scene that I recognize and actually pay attention for five minutes. This, this is the first 20 minutes, uh, the first 30 minutes, and then that's it. Yeah. Then it just gets. Then it goes everywhere. It and I look over to him like this just went off the rails everywhere. Uh, we fast forward to 1992 and the X Men, including Jean Grey, Cyclops, Storm, Beast, Nightcrawler, Quicksilver, and Mystique, have become household names for at, at least a decade at this point. And they even have matching outfits, the ones you were talking about with the big yellow X's. They're working for the president and all this. Yeah, after a space shuttle is damaged by what is believed to be a solar flare, Charles Xavier receives a call from the president asking for the X Men's help. Although Hank believes the trip to be impossible, Charles goads uh, him a bit, and Hank reluctantly accepts. How did you feel about one the uh, the X line, right? The X line that the president has to uh, the X Men, and two um, that beginning of of Hank's hesitation of the mission, and uh, Charles being like, I mean, but you guys can, right? You guys can go to space. Like, I mean, the way Nicholas Holt has been this whole all three of the previous movies, it kind of makes sense. Like he was, he was very hesitant about using the the X Force jet, oh, the X Men. Blew up the Blackbird, didn't they? I think, yeah, that was not really blown up, but it was more like just no, damaged. Havoc blew up the Blackbird, didn't Havoc? Oh no, no, yes, yes, yes. In, in <laughs> Apocalypse, he blew up yeah. the generator. Their whole basement should be destroyed if that's but the they case. They rebuilt that at the end. It was Gene and it was Gene and Magneto rebuilding that. At oh the yeah, end that's right. There. There. Magneto was rebuilding it at the end. That's with, right. With, he was with, with with, but he can't do the whole thing because he can literally only move metal. So, so he's, well, I mean, I guess he's just doing the whole outside while she does the paneling and the stucco. And the electricity and the... And she, oh, he, and oh she the wires, the I guess. The copper wires. She, who's painting? Who's... Quicksilver. I guess Just real quick. Stop having answers to these horrible questions. I'm trying my hardest. How do you feel about feel about the line to the president? Honestly, I don't even remember the line. Mm. I just mean the phone line. Them having a phone line. Oh, oh, the 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 basically from Powerpuff Girls. What? Listen, where it was the mayor picking up the, the I mean, telephone and ringing? I mean, there was the bat phone. Remember? Like there, there was, was the bat phone. You have the bat phone. There's a there's there's literally Superman had the Sonic in his ears. He just had really watch. good ears. You know, oh they, they had like a little like uh, watch that sent the signal. So this has been something. That Made goes me on. laugh that he put. On, uh, he's using Cerebro to like do a conference call with Air Force One. Yeah. Uh, like. Yeah. Attention all humans in the room. This is Charles Xavier. <laughs> like, I, I'm testing, talking testing. to you in your mind. Tell me what's going on. And they're just talking like this isn't scary. Like there's a giant voice in my head and I'm just going to continue to talk. Oh, no. Pr- uh, don't worry about it, Professor X. Oh, we have this in the sky. And in, a, in a better movie, while this was going on, we would have seen 
magazine covers. The X Men do it again. Um, we would have seen newspaper clippings. Well, we the were getting, X-Men's, we were just getting that in dialogue. We would be seeing newspaper It'll, clippings of like, you know, Esquire, finally, Man of the Cover. You know, and all finally, that. finally, um, our heroes are here. Yeah, or, the fact or, that we don't have a Time magazine or a People magazine of the X Men team in getting, this universe getting is, cozy with mutants. This is the nineties. Kind of, this is the height of magazines, like. And they talk about Professor X like he's become some sort of celebrity, but besides what was shot to necessarily move the plot, there's nothing. There's no sprinkles in this movie. There's no. There's nothing more than what they need to give you. And I feel like that's why a lot of it falls flat because we follow the thinnest threads to to understand people more. And there's no threads left. They've cut and they've cut this so clean that. I feel like I don't. This is this. I don't understand how Xavier got here. I don't know what happened. Especially at the ending of Apocalypse, nothing and, makes sense. And when you're jumping decades, you get to do BS things like, well, it happened in the ten years that you haven't seen. And I, I yeah, but at least Endgame did a five year gap between the snaps and still gave us something. But did they feel like? Did they feel like people like, wow? I wonder what happened in those five years. No, they no, we like we the, know what happened in those five years because it's either going to be exposition, which. A lot of the exposition was doable because these people haven't seen each other. Yeah, Hulk is out doing his own thing, so right. he has to explain to people, "Oh, well, I just decided to make myself one with the Hulk." Oh, that's great! Like that's dial- that's dialogue right. that makes sense. This you just have to you just have to go with the with the punches. You're sitting there and you just have to say, "Okay, I guess that makes sense." Okay, I guess in ten years something like that is bound to happen. But it's like, no, the last one we took place in 1984. This is 1992. <laughs> I thought Xavier was a little bit ahead of himself on the like, eh, but y'all guys can do it. Eh, but, but this on. Okay, this man got paralyzed for mutant safety. If he wants to be a celebrity, let him be a celebrity. It is kind of high profile as hell, right? He got paralyzed dealing with the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> like, that's exactly. Not, that's not like low key at all. No. At all. Like everybody should know why Xavier is in, in uh, a He thing. tackled a man that was controlling like 30 missiles. Yeah. Like you couldn't just... Like, just wait a few seconds. Like, you're going to let them things go all over, but a, a better movie, a better time. Yeah, right. Um, I did like the mission a little bit. I, I can't say that the mission wasn't cool. It was pretty entertaining watching them go to space and talk. But then again, you get nothing from their relationship, uh, Gene and, and, and Scott's relationship. Well, the thing is, they've been called because the uh, space shuttle Endeavor is uh, out and about in space, and it gets hit by what they think is a solar flare. And so they send the X Men up there in a, in their in their regular jet that has now been retrofitted to go to space. And so the plan they have is, no oxygen masks in in their in their jet. Oh, it, it, I, 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 in, I, in a little scene of nuance in the the one of the little scenes of nuance that they give, um, Jean is reluctant to go inside the the plane. She's reluctant to go on the mission, and um, Mystique's like, "What's up?" And she's like, "You don't think that this is." That this like you're not down with this, and she's like, oh, you know, you're reading my mind. She's like, I didn't have to, um, and it's mystique, you know, doubting the entire mission, and it, it, you could see why when they get there. But I thought it was cool that they had that moment. But Gene, I'm gonna say this now, has no moments with anyone, with any. You 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 can have a couple moments with Cyclops, but she has no moments. In moments this, in the middle of this film. Why isn't Kurt Wagner going? But that's Jean. That's our friend. She taught me English. Or she 
We talk, we binge no, watch Baywatch to together. That, that these are we, our friends. No one has any relation to Jean in this movie, but they've known her for at least ten years. What happened to Jubilee? I don't know. What happened she, to Jubilee? She aged out of the school. I guess she couldn't be on the team, and that was it. They just couldn't handle her. They just didn't want her. I mean, that's so messed up. Fireworks, bro. I mean, I guess snaps your fingers makes a whole Fourth of July special. <laughs> um, the Blackbird is modified for space, and. Uh, so the X Men successfully locate the shuttle and using both Nightcrawler and Quicksilver save most of the action. Which they can't even board. Quicksilver right. How did this movie not even Quicksilver right? I'm I'm like okay Quicksilver Nightcrawler this has got to be cool and they didn't even do, like I like their powers combined. I like their powers combined, but think of the Quicksilver saving the the X Mansion. Oh, there's or Quicksilver no, there's no saving scene the, of that. There's yeah. no music scene, and I guess that's because he's on the team now. Before that was kind of like a single man's. Highlight. Still, they should have given us something. And Nightcrawler is better than this. I actually really... No, nah, Nightcrawler is actually pretty good. Here's the one compliment I'll give this film. I really like the BAMP effect. I like the residual blue smoke, how they do it. It looks nice. <laughs> it looks well, very I like this. well. I like the way it looked in X2 also. And with Azazel's in first class where it was red. Yes. Like I always thought the Nightcrawler effects was not far, far short of good. The Nightcrawler effects were always good to me. But... He's. I find him to be skinny. I don't know why, but uh, I just see his I mean, face. He is like a skinny. Look at that Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler's always been kind of lanky. Like, he's I, 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 I guess, but he just. He was like. He looked like he was eighty pounds. Oh, and also, like this is probably in between shooting split because McAvoy's like brolic in some scenes, and he looks like Patricia. Oh, with that with that turtleneck. Turtlenecks, and he's like, oh, you you want the whore, don't you? <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on here with this madness? Anyway, that was cool. They do that. They couldn't give us a theme song, though. They couldn't give us a... Why they going to space? Anyway. And this is Hans Zimmer. Now that you told me that this is Hans Zimmer, now I feel so so cheated. So cheated, because it's like, this man has done some great work for Nolan. You should feel cheated. You should. Anyway. Uh, it's revealed that the... Sh- uh, yeah, I rolled my eyes. They're like, we got everyone. No, our captain... It's the know our captain. It's the know my cat. It's know my baby. Wait, it's, there's still one more. Wait, there's, he's there's over always, the, yeah, There's always one, one more. more. You forgot the one in the chamber. There's always one more. And then Mystique's are like, oh, we're out of here. And Xavier's like, oh, no, no, no. We save everyone. It's like, I'm not Mystique. saving my, It's like, I'm not going to risk my team. So what about their team? What about their I team? I mean, they took the... They're astronauts. This is their risk. That's what they do for a job. I want That's like when, when when writers write cops and SWAT teams to say, I didn't sign up for this. What do you the, mean you, you didn't sign up for this? You literally up. signed up for this. Now, I can understand Mystique because later on she goes on and says, like, these missions are getting da- more and more dangerous. And I don't know how dangerous they were before, but they're in space now. So I get... The hesitance. I get like, whoa, we've never been to space. What are we doing in space? And how could you be so inclined to just volunteer us for space? I get all that. Great power this is where great things responsibility. Start to, this is where things start to get wonky. This is the beginning of things just straight up not making sense. Because um, they have... Oh, awesome moment. There's a piece of the Blackbird that is engineered so that Scott can use it. That's as like pretty a cool. gun, yeah. Like that, like he can a use his laser, some kind of turret. Turret, yeah. It can use his turret, right? That's what they call it. Uh, I'm thinking of torrents, but yeah, uh, a turret, and he can use his optic blast. Thought that was cool. I was like, that's cool. But they use it to stop a spaceship from spinning. But then they're like, oh, there's too many holes in the spaceship. Um, 
you storm frees it, which I don't understand how in space uh, how weather how that works, works in space. Yeah, how weather works in space, any of that stuff. I'm just I don't know, so I can't be like, well, that doesn't happen. It just didn't seem like it could. But anyway, I guess this is too much for Storm though. She can't do it after a while. She's like, ah, I'm, I can't. I can't hold it. Can't hold it anymore. And then Nick Xavier's like, and Gene will do it. And Gene's like, uh, and she's like, right, Gene? He's like, she's like, yeah, sure, I will. You can do anything and put your mind to. And then Gene says a line only written because of cop, uh, plot convenience. Only exercise because of plot convenience. Oh, and yeah. only happens because of plot convenience. She says, I can't, I can't I can st- do I can't, it from here. I can do it, but I can't do it from I, here. I have to keep the shuttle secure by being inside of the shuttle. which. Now endangers more as many people as are currently endangered right now. So Nightcrawler's got to take her, go back to the ship, rescue him. Quicksilver go back has to, to make Nightcrawler oh, that's right, a Quicks- space suit. Yes. Then, but why doesn't she need a space suit? I guess the Phoenix Force helps her not need a space suit. But she suit. doesn't have the Phoenix Force, Dan. She's about to get the Phoenix Force. <laughs> Dan, you understand? <sighs> oh, man. Anyway. Um, with not enough time to extract the captain and Gene Gene is hit by the cosmic force and even manages to shift the direction and absorb the entirety of the force so that it wouldn't hit the other X-Men yeah her face was looking all kinds of like pleasurable like oh I love this this force that's coming it was just really it doesn't seem like somebody that would be scared of a solar flare hitting them they seem she really seemed to be enjoying it but so I I don't even know what Kinberg would have said to Gene just stand there, spread your arms out, and smile. Don't worry, the CGI and the special effects in post-op will fix all of it. Oh my god. She basically got her powers from the same way the Fantastic Four in 2005 did. You know what? I'm, where's my phone? Because I swear to god, if Kinberg wrote... I swear I think Kinberg wrote Fantastic Four 2005. So uh, I'm definitely going to get he it. He definitely might. Have. I told someone today at work that I think that um, Fantastic Four 2005 is better. Oh, than this. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. But you don't think that that's you don't think that that's big for Fantastic Four 2005 to be better than a movie that came out came out 15 years after. That's bad. That's bad. Anyway, that's bad. Uh, you look up that. Um, the force explodes in a fiery blaze, and yet Jean is left without a scratch on her floating in space. They extract Jean and land safely and are greeted by applause, not only upon landing, but in the school as well, where the team has almost reached celebrity status. Xavier tells Hank to check on Jean, and he finds that she has gotten so powerful, her power levels cannot be measured. I was waiting for them to say she was Omega level, but of course this film doesn't like comic books, so they just said she's off the charts. Which would have been cool if they would have been like, we have to come up with a new category for you. How do you like Omega? And it would have been cool. But no, this film does not care about being cool. The now, kids are calling you the Phoenix. Oh, we'll get there. Um, how do you feel about resident celebrities, the X-Men? I actually think it's pretty cool for the students to want to aspire to be in that team. Right? I, mean, like, I guess it's a cool little... I will have to say that this movie did do that better than any of the other X-Men. It's the best school presentation. Yeah, no. 100%. Uh, of all of them. I of actually all... saw children there. Uh, and, and not only the fact that if it's children, it's the fact that, that that Professor X is like saying, like, you know, these are, this may be the X-Men of now, 
But one day, all of you sitting in this class could fill those shoes. Right. Like, I thought that that was heartfelt. I thought that was really good. Especially, uh, like, we never really see, a, like, kids like that, like, aspire to be something in these X-Men films. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah, the, the X-Men are teachers, but they're not really celebrities to these kids. How do you feel about them being celebrities? How do you feel about that? I, I like, think it works. Yeah. I honestly think that that does work. So there goes that. Uh, yeah, so they're celebrities. Omega Level Mutant. Um, Jennifer Lawrence berates, and I want, I want to make something clear here. <clears throat> Let me take another sip of this, of this, of, uh, Shi'ar, uh, drink. Shi'ar. The Shi'ar. The aliens that are in X-Men lore have been in X-Men lore forever. The Shi'ar. The, 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 the aliens that Simon Kinberg said would have taken too long to put in this film. The Shi'ar. Remember I said that. Anyway. I went in through this re- this recap that I typed up. I've typed up all this myself. As you know, Dan, every time you come in, GT, Yogi, Olia, I prepare the notes. No, he has he has eight pages of scripts. Four pages for each of us. Wow, there's like, ex- like five, six. Long, okay, extensive. I did help on this one, so. Long and extensive, and I try to do the research. Halfway through this review, I got so upset that, in this recap that I typed up, I got so upset that I went and I searched and replaced. Everywhere after the first scene that says Mystique, I put Jennifer Lawrence. Because after a while, there is no Mystique. There is just Jennifer Lawrence. You were mad. So there's an instance where Jennifer Lawrence is talking to Nicholas Holt about what they're doing there at the mansion. No one is there to see them, yet they're both in regular human guise. Why? Why can Hank suddenly turn it on and off the beast? Isn't Ew, that, it, that was really weird. He just doesn't even like like uh, show any sign of emotions. Like if he's Hulk and like getting mad like the Hulk, he's just like Xavier's just like Hank. Okay, Broom, I'm blue now. Dumb, there's, dumb. There's so much in. Sometimes I wonder. Mutant and proud. Sometimes I wonder if it's, it's silly getting getting so worked up about things like this. But mutant and proud. But passion is the only thing that actually feeds this universe. So, I will continue to be passionate. There is an actual story there to tell about a person with genius level intellect who will never be taken as seriously as normal humans because he looks like a blue cat. There is a story to be told of that man turning 30, 40, 50 and sitting in rooms with congressmen and senators and trying to pass legislation on behalf of his entire race as, as the sole ambassador of his race brimming with pride while fur sticks out of his men's warehouse outfit. There's a story to be told there. No, Beast is one of the most complex and compelling characters that you can like ever study up on. All He's we amazing. saw in the original trilogy was him fighting for legislation. He was the best part of Last Stand. I will go straight on record saying he was the best part of Last Stand. And in this, this Beast doesn't want to be a mutant in many ways. Neither does uh, Raven. They had that whole mutant and proud thing. Where did all that go? Because they didn't bring back Matthew Vaughn. That's what happened. Because they didn't bring back any of the other films. None of the other films exist. But I'm supposed to believe that Raven and Nicholas Holt are in a relationship relationship anymore? I remembered in... Do, do they have a relationship moment in Apocalypse? No. I don't remember them having... They, I don't even think they had a screen time moment in Apocalypse, really. Probably like five minutes. I remember in... Day, in um, Yeah, Days of Future Past, Magneto actively flirting with her. 
I remember in first class, Magneto actively flirting with and her. And she was fun. She showed up in his bed naked, looking like Rebecca Romaine Stamos. You understand? So what's going on here, Beast? You taking uh, sloppy seconds? What's happening here? Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence um, berates Charles for uh, accepting the mission and putting the students in danger while also accusing Charles of changing, saying that the telepath has become more egotistical. Um, I didn't like any of that. I didn't like any of that. I don't yeah, like. They made her. him out to be like some sort I don't of bad like guy. Her talking as some kind of goody two shoes. You are not the voice of reason, Mystique. This you is Mystique. Never been. That's we're what I'm talking saying. about. Your entire your entire power is in deception, in lying. That's your power. That's the kind of person. Are that you, you even are. really a blonde? You are a are liar. Even... That's what you do. And so you're gonna sit here and talk to the man who who brought you into his home. He should have shot you. He should have gave you a stroke when he saw you as a little kid trying to take... He should have fed her cat poison or something. He could have. Should have fed her something. It's like, here, here's this here's this sandwich with some fentanyl. Oh, and did Charles act unreasonably? Was he emotional? Like when you were going to shoot Trask and we had to send the man with metal in his skeleton from the future to stop you? Because you had flipped the hell out. Hey, he and lost you know what his happens? legs for mutants. What happens, Dan, after she doesn't kill Trask? She becomes a cultural icon in this franchise. How? Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I, I, when I threw on X-Men Apocalypse, I remember I, I paused my TV and I went for to go get something to eat. Because in the first, like, after the whole opening with Sabah Noor or whatever his name is. <laughs> and Sabah Noor. Whatever the freak his name is i get that mixed up with anung rama which is uh <laughs> that's a hellboy but uh yeah after that whole opening in egypt then we get to um scott in school and when his powers start going off and they're literally in class learning about how the brave mutant mystique stopped uh, magneto from destroying this world and all that and i'm like when out of nowhere did she become this like you know haven for mutant kind now, now she's a martyr, and all these mutants aspire to be like her. Even when she meets Nightcrawler in Germany, it was dumb. Yeah, there was like, wasn't there like posters or they saw on the? Why news did she even like save him for what reason? Why was she in Germany saving mutants? Well, then, in a better movie, they had kind of led the breadcrumb trails to suggest that Mystique, probably doing Asriel, gave birth to Nightcrawler. In a better X-Men so she was film, probably saving her son too. He's like, oh, I've never knew my mother. And she's like, well, I mean, well, it could be anyone, I guess. And it's alluded that that's, that that's the mother. But in this film, they're just classmates because they don't read comics and comics are beneath them. And this is what you get when comics are beneath you. <sighs> anyway, um, how do you feel about Xavier being taken down a peg? Did not like it. No, it was a boring scene. I I rolled my eyes. I wanted it to move on. I didn't. I didn't come to a movie named Dark Phoenix to watch Days of Our Lives between Nicholas Holt, Jennifer Lawrence, and James McAvoy. I don't care that you people want to quit. I'm getting sick and tired of comic book movies having teams where characters want to quit the team. You want to quit? Don't say you want to quit. Just go. You're looking for attention, is what you're looking for. You're looking for someone to say, no, please, you're a valuable asset to this team. You're looking for your your back to be pat. And I can't take it no more. It's been done in, in, in Avengers. It's been done in Fantastic Four. It's been done in every X-Men movie. How many X-Men movies did Logan say, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit? Just go! Get out of here! Yeah. 
I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. That's another thing. Like, this is a refugee place. Like, this is where mutants come to be safe. They, to my knowledge, besides this place, there's nowhere else. No one else is opening up their doors and saying, come here, come as you are, and we will love you Especially regardless. not if you have, like, you know, external visible mutations. Like, if both of your eyes are, like, purple diamonds and your hands are flowing with fire, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be quick to hug you. Or quick to hold your hand, right? You know, I, I understand if your if your mutation is you're super strong or super smart or super fast, then yeah, it's easy to hide it. I mean, I did feel like it was it was in poor taste to write. When was the last time that you stuck your neck out for this team? Because we know it, it the was last the last movie. Was, he lost his legs, and even not even the last. I mean, it was the last movie. He lost his in, hair to in, stick his neck out. He was there with Apocalypse. Like it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't. Where were you, Mystique? Anytime, anywhere, she was getting choked. Remember she got choked? She was on the post. Like, my choked. God. He was literally sending Logan back in time while you're trying to kill a midget. Yeah, right? Let's not talk about progression when you're trying to kill the little people. <laughs> the little people. I like I like that. I like that. Uh, I like how you worded uh, that. Oh, but, and then she's like, oh, oh, what was that line? Um, Oh, the women saved the men in this team more. So maybe you should think about changing the name to X-Women. Oh my God! Pandering, pandering, pandering. You hear that bell? That's the pander bell. Ding, 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 the ding. The pander bell. That's the pander bell. Oh, ding, 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 ding. That's all it is. That's gonna be hilarious. The pander bell. I know that that that's something that actually exists in this film. It's a, it's just a series of pandering. You're either pandering to to McAvoy fans by giving him these these drawn out emotional speeches you're pandering to magneto fans by giving him all of the like the big center stage moments you're trying to pander to game of thrones fans by casting sophie turner so it's like well if billions of people watch those shows maybe they'll go and watch the movie solely for her good graces there was a lot of like you like this right but you like this right but you like this yep that's basically what it so is. So why don't you like this? And it's like, you're not doing it right. That's basically what it is. When I completely understand and dig, and we'll get into that more when we talk about Doom Patrol next week, which is a better... I was so inspired. I was so inspired, man. I, I was taking down my note diligently for Doom Patrol. I paused to uh, take some notes down for this and um, get ready to watch this yesterday. But I was so inspired by Doom Patrol. And after this, to watch this out of our mouth, we're going to watch the first episode of Doom Patrol. All right? But um, I was so inspired because it was like, oh, so you can do... I've seen this genre done to death. But you can do it differently. You can the, still do the, it differently. The group of misfits coming together. You can and... still do it differently. You can still do it differently. No matter what. You can still do it differently. There's a different way to do it. Wow, you can still do it differently. And this is a movie from the 2000s. This is a movie from 2006. If this movie came out in 2006, I'd be in, I'd be in the back with this because I'd be going like, there's nothing better. We can't get nothing better. Oh, no, basically, from, from the year 2001 to 2007, we had, a, we had seven years, six years of terrible comic book movies. Terrible, terrible. They all were the same leather, leather biker fetish with the dark brooding and the, the murky color palette. Their posters are coming out blue and orange. Like that's just what it was. And if and if you're listening to this and you're like, "Wow, that movie kind of got off uh, off the rails really quickly." No, well, we're not even there yet because oh, we're only like 45 minutes into this uh, schlock of a film. Yes, because 
John and, and uh, John and Scott, Gene and Scott talk about the accident, and Gene says she feels like everything is turned up, which made me laugh because it just made me think, like, turn up, <laughs> turn up. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, several alien spaceships land, and a wealthy woman goes to check on her dog, and she's seemingly attacked. Is she? Is she attacked? You never really see. Is she killed? I don't know. I don't know. Do, do they have to kill them to be them? Do you care? Do you care? They don't. And why don't That's they care? Catch the why point. That's the point. Don't they care? They anyway. made Jessica Chastain robotic so she didn't have to act. Oh uh, my god. One alien takes on that woman's appearance. The other aliens follow her as she kills a few humans and says that they're they're there for the cosmic force. Celebration time is the students of the school school celebrate the mission by having a bonfire with live Yeah, because five people saved the world, so why don't all the underage kids just drink in the woods somewhere? Gene is just pouring back moonshine. Dazzler is there, which is, I mean, it's such a backhanded Easter egg because it's like you, you put her in this because she debuts in the Dark Phoenix saga. Thank you for that. But you took no care. To anything else in the story. So should I be happy that you put Dazzler in Well, this? how many backhanded cameos have we gotten in the X-Men series? But Dazzler's big. I know it sounds weird, but Dazzler is a character that people made fun of for years. And now uh, through through revamps and changes and through people really realizing what her powers can do, she's gained a level of notoriety. And between that and the idea that um, now we can do so much more with special effects, like... I just thought it would be better, but she's there, and I guess so. I'm literally, happy just there. hold a concert for people. And in going to go get drinks for um <laughs> for Jean Grey, Scott goes over to the Omega leveled ref African oh, refugee God. weather goddess Storm, hey, who eventually Storm. leads the X Men, who eventually marries Black Panther, who can level a city with just weather, wind, and rain. And he asks her to make ice. <laughs> and she does. She makes him ice. Yo, that was one of the most... I never liked to throw the race and card I out there, but I feel like that was pretty racist. I believe that that happened at that moment. Like, this is... We're, we're talking about when they opened the door in X-Men Origins and Deadpool is standing there with his mouth sewn shut and, and his katanas are coming out of his forearms. A level of anger. That was my level of anger. And I was so angry, I just had to laugh. I couldn't even focus my anger to be raged. I just had to laugh because I could not believe that they really put that scene in this movie where Scott just walks up to her. No, please. No, thank you. No, no, anything. He just literally comes up to her, puts his cup in her face and says, hey, can you help a bit? Like, what? what is this? Oh, my God. I understand that they're supposed to be young and they're supposed to be like, in their mid-twenties or early-twenties or whatever. But how do you just go up to a mutant and ask her to use her powers in the most just moronic and, and, and distasteful way? You yep. can you control wind and rain and snow and thunder and lightning. Here, can you make ice? Garbage. Who's watching these kids? The, uh, yeah, you see, they see a, a Beast and, and Mystique are in, are in the basement on a monitor... So, uh, looking through security cameras, but who's truly watching these kids? That's right. And that's the thing; like, they're just hanging out. 
um, Xavier's going to go get a medal from the president or something, right? Yeah, he that's he's out to go get a medal. He's out. He has the worst chilling. babysitter. I thought Logan and and Colossus were bad babysitters. Logan's babysitter. a great babysitter. Logan's Logan a great is, babysitter. I'm X two. Yeah, X two Logan. I mean, he gets the kids He's out. Walk, you know, he okay. He, he gets, gets he gets out. half the kids out. He gets not, a lot of the kids out. He gets, he, I blame the rest on the Colossus and some on Iceman because you could do stuff. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm pretty sure both are level level mutant Omega level mutants doing nothing. It's like if the Omega the Omega level means nothing to these writers and producers. Uh, garbage. Uh, garbage. But it doesn't matter because Jennifer Lawrence is back and she convinces to Nicholas Holt in his lab that she thinks that Xavier is changing and that they should leave to start a new life. And Hank is like, nah, B, you said you wanted this. Uh, so we're staying here. Xavier's off accepting a medal with the president when Jean's powers flare up, knocking down everyone around her so she falls down unconscious. He quickly heads to the mansion where he uses Cerebro bro, to search Jean's mind to find out what's going on. Turns out the cosmic force knocked down psychic barriers Xavier put in between Jean and her trauma. Realizing that not only she was the cause of her parents' death, but that her father, whom she believed was dead for years, is actually alive, Jean heads out to seek him out. Charles, realizing what he what she uncovered, does his best to beat her to her father's home, but she gets there first. Reading her father's mind, she realizes that he abandoned her immediately after the accident, blaming her for killing his wife. So Jean knocks him unconscious and goes outside. Once she realizes, yeah, pretty ballsy with a telepath that has like that has, has like arrived. orange veins. But I don't and think everything. that she. I don't think that he knows that she's a telepath. I don't think that was ever explicitly said to him. Well, I mean, like she started get, having those orange veins coming out of her face when she was getting mad, and he was still stepping to her. I also don't know that you don't go check the daughter ever. You ever? You never go check the daughter ever. At least ever. to at least to find out about her. And guess what? Billy Batson. If you've seen Shazam, Billy Batson goes and sees his mom, who he's been separated for many years, and she's like, "What up?" And he's like, "I'm here. I'm I, I, I found you." And she's like, "Yeah, that's cool, I guess." Like oh, she was trying to get rid of him the same way he was trying to get rid of her in this film. Uh, they just they 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 take way too much. Um, reading her. Oh yeah, did that. They try to talk her into coming with them, but cop. But when cops arrive, Gene loses control and flips over some police cruisers. Where did the cops come from? Who called them? Who called the cops? I watched this film twice. The second time, I went over the, the scene where the cops show up. Why are the cops there? Later on, the military shows up, but they show up because of this incident where she kills these cops. You could just chalk it up to the cops and that those cops are already taken over by the... Alien race that does the shape shifting. Maybe that's that's the, that's a lot. Yeah, that, that's 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 a, that's, that's a reach. It's a reach, but it's a reach. I literally just came up with right now. So it's a valid. It's an, an Elastic Woman level reach. And if you want to know that context, make sure to stay stick around for next week's uh, episode of the Major Podcast. But um, yeah, uh, I they. He's really trying. Over, she yeah, she flips over the cops cruisers. She starts doing her like be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Flip out thing, and this happens four times in this film. And every time it happens, she goes, "I don't know what happened, but it does." And or she goes, "This power, you won't be able to stop it." And so, anyway, um, now corrupted by the Phoenix, the X Men do their best to subdue Jean to no effect, and she deals with them swiftly and effectively. Hank tries to tranquilize Jean when Xavier stops him, and time al- and, and stops him and time, in him and time, they stop. He stops everything. And allows uh, Raven to try to get to her because they're best friends. Instead, Jean impales Raven on like a pick, 
pitchfork like thingy. Debris, really. And yeah. flies away. And then every time she flew away, I audibly laughed. Because there's no sound. She just looks up and flies away. And the worst part is, is that CGI for her just lifting up to fly away is so horrible. It's supposed to make her... It, it resembles too much of Magneto, one, with her hands on her side and, and, the, and the, her jacket just flowing in the air. And two, she just goes straight up. She doesn't go to the side. She doesn't nope. go left. Go. She just goes straight up into the sky. Where are you going? I really dug... Remember Hancock? Like how they were dealing with like, bro, next time like you land, like try not to mess up the floor. Yeah, that that doesn't movie we should really talk about, but better oh. movies, better times. Man, I did not care about Mystique's death at all. She didn't deserve it. Like I, I guess, yeah. I, oh, you de- you talk about that because I have nothing to say. All right, <laughs> death for characters should be important because just like death in life, it's finite. It's it, it's it it brings grief. It brings all kinds of pain and remorse. Things that you never got to do, things you never got to say, you know, it's it's death. I, to explain death is, is to talk to a wall. You know, it's hard to explain death. Right. But I feel like a character dying in a movie or a show should be deserved and earned. If you're gonna give me this character, it should I should be able to cry when they get taken out of the writing. Right. And I didn't care about Mystique at all. Her uh... character was boring. She served no purpose. One movie, she for every movie, she's half good, half bad. So why do I care? And, and also, in this movie, she did nothing. Mm-hmm. She did nothing but talk crap to Charles, try to get Hank to quit the team, give, all, give off all of these different conflicting emotions to Jean. And then once Charles does freeze time and she's talking to, to Jean, you know it's going to come. I was just sitting in the chair, just rolling my eyes, waiting for it. I'm just like, just do it already. You know you're going to do it. I was looking over at Jasmine. I was like, you know you're going to do it. They're going to do it. Watch. They're going to do it. It's going to come. And bam. She did the close my the close your eyes. I'll shut up, shut up. Don't. No, but the thing is, I'm, I'm going to keep kicking it. The thing is, um, there's, when that happens, when she's, when she's killed, when she's forced into the pitchfork, we know that she's dead. I know that she's dead. You know that she's dead. The director knows that she's dead. But they don't show it. For like then five minutes. Gene. Then they show Mystique. Then they show Jean. Then they show Mystique. Then they pull back a little bit. Then B shows up. They relish this. the, the you, revelation. You, you already that. know by the facial expressions of the push. As soon as Jean pushes her and you see Mystique, Mystique's face and the way her expression is, you know she's pushed through debris. I have two hallmarks. For what a comic book character death should feel like. One is Iron Man, obviously. Avi. But a second, and the one that I that actually shocked me, and the one that actually is what I consider the benchmark, is Into the Spider-Verse, when Spider-Man dies. When Spider-Man dies into the Spider-Verse, and the entire world, knowing who this person was, knowing what he meant to New York, what he meant to crime fighting, knowing that this person was only a child, finding out the identity of Spider-Man through his death, because the only time you would have known. And finding out, like, Spider-Man was always mild-mannered Peter Parker, who lived in Queens, New York, and, you know, used to get his sandwich squished, squished down the sandwich a little bit, you know? Um, Made it home. 
no one cares about this. Only the X-Men care that, that Phoenix is killed. And the cops are just looking for another reason to turn on the X-Men. And so they use this to do so. It's, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, but, uh, the X-Men have a funeral for Mystique, and afterwards, Hank accuses Xavier of never admitting to his faults, believing the root cause of Raven's death to be Charles's fault. They argue, and <laughs> I just saw you, <laughs> I just saw you, from the corner of my eye, I just saw you roll your eyes, and, and like, slump down in your chair, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> they argue, and a riff is visible between them for the first time. The alien, now identified as Vuk, Volk, 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 uh, shows up at Mr. Gray's home and interrogates him, hoping to find Jean. The rest of her race has landed on Earth and has already taken the form of regular humans. They even speak the language, sometimes. They continue to search for Jean and wear black for some reason. So I feel like it's important to How explain... How do you feel about the Dabari, who were seemingly a race of aliens, shape-shifting aliens, whose planet was destroyed when the Phoenix Force went past it? From start to begin, from start to finish, this entire alien race is the scroll. Yep, and this movie in a lot of ways is Captain Marvel. They're the scroll. Because guess what? Jean Grey couldn't remember her memories. Alien guess race. What? She went back to the home <laughs> that she's supposed to remember everything from. Guess what? She felt betrayed by the one team that had her because it put blockers to stop her from reaching her full potential. This movie is all the great movies and literally movies from the last year. Like, you couldn't take a movie from 10 years ago. You had to take a movie from last... This this year. This year. This year. This year. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Alien race, destroyed planet, trying to find salvation in another planet, end up on Earth, train scene where the where they're fight. Oh, God. Oh, we'll get there. Horrified by her actions, Jean seeks solace in a mutant refugee camp that is being run by Magneto. I wrote that down. Is that true? Was it being? It is being run by Magneto, right? Or is he just run? Like... I, I'm pretty sure it's being run by him, because if anybody is the way that this world that they've built up works, if Mystique can be some sort of martyr in human and mutation community, yeah. then Xavier is definitely uh, not Xavier. Eric is definitely running that place for himself. And so Eric Lencher, Magneto doing his best Thanos impression of, ah, I did what I had to do, now I'm just hanging out. Uh, he's he's there. And um, without telling Eric what she's done, Gene asked him how he managed to stop killing people. What was his answer, Dan? From memory. He didn't. I just stopped. Yeah, I just stopped. <laughs> he's like, I just stopped. I didn't. I didn't. Really... I used to kill people because I thought it was going to make me happy. And then I was like, "Oh, I love nah, how he's, I love how doesn't. he's pushing her. I love how he knows her potential. This is supposed to be after apocalypse, so he knows that she's the one that killed the most powerful. He should, but what is she killing with? Didn't kill him with the Phoenix Force. She ain't have it. Kill him with something. Uh, kill him with kindness. When um, yeah, when the military shows up, hoping to put Jean in custody for the cops and mutant that she literally just murdered, Eric pretends that she isn't around. He explains that the land they're on is government owned and given to the mutants, so that they have." So they have every right to be there. That's true. I no, like and he even says, like, well, listen, we're not here for any of you mutants. We're not here to start problems. We don't want. But I feel like Magneto's thing in that is, like, if this was a normal American home, you'd ask for a search warrant. It's true, though. I and was so, actually thinking of that myself. And so what, what, how does this make it any different? Which, which is true. Like, if, they're, if, if, if we're going to give mutants the same amendment rights that we give humans, then they can't be part of the Fourth Amendment where it's illegal search and seizure. Let me show you how much I love this lore. Not this movie, but this lore. I can add a level of 
of greatness onto the scene that they didn't even think about, Dan. All Manny has to do is look up and go, this is not the first time military men have come through my town and try to take there us. There you go. Look take at us that. without any without any warning, without any reasoning. I'm tired of the military. And they even did that in first. They even did that in last stand. They alluded to that in last stand where they were. So, in where apocalypse, like, they brought them back to Auschwitz. Psylocke was like, and last stand was like, oh, where, if you're a true mutant, then where's your markings? And he puts out the, the numbers from his Auschwitz days, and he's like, I have a pair of num- I have a pair of markings on me, and I swear no needle will ever touch my skin again. That's some good damn writing where's for a bad here? movie. Where's that here? None of the good writing that was in these bad movies was in here. We are peace-loving people is just a bad at movie. this moment, and y'all have come to terrorize us like you've done many times before. And how do I know that this is, doesn't end up with us in camps? And guess what, Dan? They talk about camps. They talk about mutant internment camps. Oh, they, this could be the next They started putting them in mutant internment camps because Gene had one flip out and attacked a couple of cops. And that's and all pull- it takes. That's all yep. it takes. Um, anyway, yeah, Eric pretends that she isn't around. He explains that the land that they're on is government-owned, like I said. Uh, the man in charge says they're only there to get Gene. And she appears, crashing a military helicopter with her mind. Oh, it's with no care in the world. Nope. She just, he's like, stay here, hide. She's even trying to hide. And, and then out of nowhere, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to show off my powers. And flip this helicopter for no reason. So How she, nobody died from, from that helicopter? No, is, that, I, I think the I, people in it died. No, I don't, no, all those people survived in that helicopter. I, I, I know that. They all survived. So there's this moment, right? Where she's turning the helicopter and the blades are going right, and there's a scene that was the scene in the trailer um, is that the uh, propeller or whatever the heck shoots out and stabs through like a barn, and Magneto's there. So I'm looking and I'm like, oh, that was just a trailer thing. That thing is about to shoot out and stab that guy standing next to Magneto. Nope. Nope. Just exactly. A cooler movie in my head. And that's several times. I thought they were going to kill at least one of those military guys. Several times I wrote a better movie in my head. And whatever. Um, Eric tries to get her to stop. And she plays tug of war with Magneto for control over the helicopter before letting the men go. Eric demands she leave at once. And she does. Do you have anything else to say about that? Those series of scenes? Unnecessary. Okay. Uh, Volk finds her in a bar <laughs> pretending to be an old man and convinces her that everyone she knows has turned on her. Volk continues by explaining via PowerPoint that she is special and that she's the most powerful being in the Yo, universe. what is the powers of these aliens? It's like, it's they so arbitrary at this point. They do what they need to do for the film. Um, the if device. you're aliens and you don't care about being aliens and you know that you can kill anybody that's going to stop you, then why are you even bothering to hide in... So that's why I'm like, that this film is just bad because... It takes things from Captain Marvel, but without the nuance. Captain Marvel said, scrolls are refugees, but just because you're a refugee doesn't mean you're bad. Just because you want a place to live doesn't make you a bad person. And this movie says, no, they will kill you to take what they feel they are owed. Which is basically the the crappy plot from Man of Steel, which which terraforming and to make up your own planet. it's It's also what allows people to... Uh, garner and place hatred on immigrants. True. Their belief that they're not coming here to live amongst us. They're coming here to take, take, take and who cares who's here already. That's the rhetoric that's in this. Then you have Captain Marvel says men are going to put you down and they're going to try to suppress you and you should try to overcome that and realize your true power. This movie says that and it says that true power can kill you. 
realizing who you truly are will kill you. Where was this gift speech for the entire movie? You do it once and then you don't. You how many times you could have stopped her with the with the gift speech? Ah. Um. Yeah. So she's like, Vogue's like, I need you because I need you to help me rebuild my planet. If you, your power, it it deals in both death and life, and so push comes to shove, you could probably resurrect my planet. Which is kind of cool. Um, finally, feeling like she's with people who don't fear her, Jean chills with the, the, the Dabari. How do you feel about, like, the rest of the Dabari? Like, basically just that one Useless. black guy that's hanging out Useless. with Useless. Yeah. Pointless. Uh, you know, uh, NPC character, insert, no faceless guys so, from Suicide Squad here. This is why I love major issues because we get to talk about things that most people may not be privy of. Like, one of the things is our major issues group chat with all the hosts of this show where we constantly are talking about comics, movies, all that kind of stuff. It was early on, it was theorized by member by many smart members of major issues that Jessica Chastain was playing a physical embodiment of the Phoenix Force. She would be the devil on the shoulder of Jean saying, but don't you like this? But those people were in your way. Look at how much power. No, no, that's too clever. It's just a they They, they got there a little bit. <laughs> it's just it's just it's just bad anyway um meanwhile the country deems gene as a national threat and considering a mutant internment camps for dangerous mutants to show how far they've fallen the president doesn't answer xavier's call and his special line is disconnected how'd you feel about the rise and fall of the x line I, it was actually pretty good that i i because he it was kind of foreshadowing it was he, he told mystique you know all it takes is one bad mutant to put every all this hard work that I built for away. And it's true. All it took was Gene to attack a couple of cops and a couple of military guys for the president to say, yeah, I think we're going to have to cut off our friendship a bit. I think um, I think that's kind of cool that you have like that, that they're, they're, they're doing anything they can just to kind of be at level. And it's also a bit of a kind of like commentary on special interest groups. As long as you're dancing, you know what I'm saying? As long as you're doing what's making everybody happy, you're good. You know what I'm saying? And Ellen, no one cares about her being gay because she's out there dancing and she's she's funny. She got cats and dogs yeah, on her she's shows. Funny. Yeah, she's funny. She does surprise things. But let somebody else who doesn't make you laugh come out as gay and all of a sudden it becomes blah, 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 blah. and it's the same thing here like all it takes is for one minority group to mess up once before all minorities are wrong all it takes is one mutant to do something wrong before all uh, mutants are deemed dangerous and that's what this was the revelation of um, and I don't I don't I just don't understand whether or not it was earned and they could have taken that idea all the way to the end like everyone should have seen Gene sacrifice Everyone should have been like, wow, they're not here to hurt us. They will really kill themselves rather than hurt us. Nobody's there. No one sees any that of this. That sacrifice made no sense to nobody. It, it did nothing. I don't, did, did she even get a Where funeral? <laughs> no, <laughs> she didn't. She, she just did. got her... She no, got, she didn't. She got nothing. They wasted all the black tie affair on a Raven. Damn it. That's what happened there. Um... Hank steals the X-Jet because that's just something that you freaking do. You steal the biggest, most uh, loud, the loudest 
form of transportation. No, no, no. You were, you were more madder about it yesterday. I was mad you about were it so much more mad about it. Because Cause Cyclops Scott, comes. Yeah, there you go. Bring it in. Scott walks into Xavier's <laughs> office. Xavier is just sleeping? Yeah. How does he get from there to this chair? Yo, Someone he looked like he chair. was drunk as hell, though. He looked like He's he just was out of drunk. It. My man is out of it. And Scott's like, Hank is gone. He's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, he's not in class. Have you checked his room? No, he's not in his room. But the X-Jet is missing. How does no one know the X-Jet is missing? How do you all hear it? There's a child in one of those classrooms with superhuman hearing and goes, I think I hear a jet (laughs) leaving the premises. And someone has to be like, you're just hearing things, kid. It doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. This was probably the biggest deviation from character motivation I've ever seen in comic books. Beast, wanting blood, goes to Magneto and is like, I need you to find Jean. And she's like, he's like, did Raven send you? He's like, oh, you don't know. Now, he knew, Hank did, that if Magneto knew that Jean killed Raven, he'd be down for it. But he still does the... Oh, you don't know. Oh, they didn't tell the you. Pronoun the pronoun game worst, at its finest. The worst. The pronoun game at its finest. In the script history is, oh, oh you, you don't know. know. They didn't tell you. Oh, they didn't tell you. You didn't hear. It's the most garbage, ham-fisted method of putting out exposition other than webcamming it. Then they don't even give you the damn interaction to hearing the news. It's always the, oh, you didn't know? Cut to next scene. Five, 20 minutes later, different characters later. Cut to back to that person. Check this out. Check this out, though. But what, what if it would have been, what if it would have been Magneto? Like, you know what? You and your X-Men, y'all can stuff it. I don't care what mission you're on. He goes back into his room, turns on the radio. It comes out. You know, Mystique is dead. Raven Darkholm is dead. She was killed by Jean Grey. We're out there searching for Jean Grey. He comes back out of his little hut with the helmet on going, where is she? Let's yeah, go that's exposition her. through newscasts. But the thing is, at least he heard it the way an organic person would have heard it. I don't know whether or not there's a fire in You know in what Brooklyn. time the news plays? My what if it, it has to be at a certain time? 10-10 wins. 10-10 like wins is on 24-7. <laughs> oh, my God. 24-7. Now look who has answers for everything. You understand? 10-10 wins is on 24-7. You can just put it on. Find out about the traffic. No, find they out do about play the, the same and, five stories and over and about, over. I the, will say that. But the thing is, like, you could have found it out that way. It would have been so much more organic to find out. Find it out from somebody who's not trying to pull your strings. So many people are trying to manipulate each there other. There is a lot of manipulation film. in this movie from good guys, from bad guys, from neutral characters. Everybody is it using somebody. It also shows how much of, how less of a, of a crap Hank gives of Magneto where he knows he can trigger him into a blood-fueled rage. And it doesn't matter because he's going to do what I want him to do. He's going to kill who I want him to kill. I know how dangerous he is, but let me tell him something that will set him off because he'll do something that I want him to do. That's not Hank McCoy. How many comic book movies have we seen this That is not Hank McCoy, though. That is not Hank McCoy at all. That's not Kelsey Grammer. That's not Beast. That's not Beast. He's he's the most sound person in the room. He's the one that would have talked down Nicholas Holt. Because it was Nicholas Holt. Beast didn't even go to Magneto. Do you see the 90s cartoon Beast going after Magneto saying we need to kill this person? We need to kill them. Dead. And it's not even said like that. It said, if when I find her, I will kill her. Yeah, I know. Garbage. 
And then he comes in and comes in the next scene. I know whose blood that was. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shut up! How did you do this to Fastbender? How did you make Fastbender so <laughs> cheesy and campy? They lead together to hunt Gene down while Professor X, reading Hank's mind, finds out where they're at, and him and company pursue them, hoping uh, to stop them before they can hurt anyone. Now, I completely left out the part where. Everyone is arguing to go, and everyone's arguing to not go, and then they all decide to go, and whatever, whatever. It's all garbage, but it's all there. Um, also, Professor X uses telepathy to find out that Hank is with um, Magneto. I would have just put him to sleep. Oh, you didn't hear? <laughs> Charles, I know this is your doing. Listen, old friend. He was out. He didn't even have the helmet on at that time. He you could have just. That's what I'm. That's the entire point. He could have just been like, "Oh my God, they're talking together. They're planning to kill Gene. Sleep. Listen, you've been chill for ten years. Yes, what he told you, what he's about to tell you, might be something big. But listen to me when I say that I got this. But it's also not Don't even the full truth. It. It's cherry pick truth. Gar- it's it's the fake news. It's fake news. Fake news in, a, in an X Men movie. It's fake news in an X Men movie. Magneto and Beast arrive ready to kill Gene. Beast is down. He's totally down. Magneto's like, I, I burned my suit, but I have the helmet, so I'm going to rock the helmet. The helmet has gone from black and silver to red and purple to completely brown. That, what's that? What did you call that? That's like a, like a violet purple. I think. Like a violet. Yeah, it's like it has like, like a violent it. stone kind of thing to now it's just like an edgy black uh, you know, thing that he likes to rock around. It doesn't even have around. the... That thing, uh, the little uh, crease, the little accent. Yeah, whatever. that little accent mark. It doesn't even have the accent mark. Um, Xavier and Cruz show up to try to talk them out of it. Eric says uh, the old friend routine is old hat and starts advancing on Gene's whereabouts. The two start to battle in public with Hank and Magneto trying to get into the building that Gene is in, and uh, Xavier, Scott, Storm, and Nightcrawler trying to keep them out. I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea where the characters were. I had no idea where the characters were trying to go. I had no idea what was in between Magneto and Storm from everything else. Cyclops is blasting vehicles in public. He is—he doesn't care about who's around. He doesn't care about who can, he can kill. Beast. Beast. The length of his abilities is resorted to him just jumping and him walking on his hands and legs. Does he do anything else? But jump, walk on his hands and legs, and throw people in this film. Anything else. He slaps cups out of people's hands. Garbage. He's a garbage use of a person. Magneto, completely irritated by the day's ordeal, and probably the film, pulls a train out of the ground. One of the coolest scenes, though. And uses it as a barrier. That was awesome. So he can walk inside the building. So now this train is blocking the way, so he can walk inside the building and no one can stop him. So he attempts to stab Jean with a sharpened piece of the stairs handrail before Jean shows how powerful she is by stopping it inches away from her eye. Why didn't she kill him? If she's on this blood-fueled rage, why didn't she just slit his throat with the... Check out these notes. She uses her ability to cave in Magneto's helmet, but chooses to throw him out of the window instead of... She even said, this is what pisses me off. She's like, you came here to kill me. I'm going to show you how to kill somebody. And then she squeezes his head with the helmet. And then just breaks the helmet off and doesn't and kill him. And, throw, and, throw, and, no, and doesn't she, kill him. She breaks the helmet out and it looks like she's going to stab him with the pieces of the helmet. But she just sends him outside. She's like, I'm going to kill you. No, actually, I'm not going to kill you. Why say that you're going to kill him then? Xavier 
is able to get inside eventually. And once he does, he tries to convince Jean that she can control the Force because she can do anything she sets her mind to. Choosing to challenge this logic, Jean uses her telekinesis to make Xavier stand up out of his chair, walk up the stairs, <laughs> in one of the most hilarious, unintentionally hilarious scenes in the film. Xavier being puppeted up the stairs. That was hilarious. Oh my She's god. She's like, I want to see you walk. Hilarious. His legs were like tottering. He looks like a marionette puppet. Fun. I don't mean hilarious to poke fun of this differently abled. I mean hilarious as in the director, the writer, who's the same person, thought that this was good, that this should be kept in the film. That's my beef with all this. Mere moments away from uh, dying from the sheer force Gene is applying to Charles. Charles begs Jean to look inside of her in his mind, and when she does, she is reminded about how much Charles cares for her and how he stood up to her father and made sure she grew up in a loving, accepting family. Completely shell-shocked from everything she knows and thought she knew, Jean releases uh, Charles from her grip and decides to give all of her power to Volk. Uh, turns out, doing this would not only kill Jean, but everyone on Earth, because Volk plans to turn the energy onto Earth and create a new planet for her people. The terraforming plot from yep. Man of Steel. Yep, killing the inhabitants in the process. Cyclops manages to blast Volk um, out of the building, cutting her off from Jean and the Force. Uh, but all of them, heroes and villains alike, are wrangled by the military and placed in a military vehicle with power-dampening collars. There's an actual pretty inhumane scene of them being dragged by the neck. They're on the floor, incapacitated. Am I lying? No. And they they have the, dog, the weird dog collar sticks. On yeah. them, and they're just dragging them on the floor. They used to be called for the president. No, it's been care a day. It's been a day. Well, that can happen in twenty four hours. But this country has inherent racism towards black people. What, what does it take to where tomorrow or tonight <laughs> they decide that we're just gonna go back to whites only fountains? Like this society on a whim. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think we can. Where nothing could be that extreme. What? The, well, you're dragging but no, but them on the, the floor. There is these armed people with mutant abilities. Now, if all, like, let's say all black people had they had like be able to shoot flames out of their eyes. You're saying all black people can't shoot them? <laughs> they can if they put their mind to it. That's this what, pen that's is a Charles, gift. That's what Charles says, baby. This pen is a gift. If you can shoot flames out of your eyes, don't use it to kill all whites. You know, I'm actually glad that we're doing this with you, though. I'm glad that we that, that I'm we. I'm actually glad I'm doing this with you. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like at least we had something. Like at least we could find something to enjoy out of this shit movie. So if the only thing we can enjoy out of this shit movie is our major issues podcast found wherever podcasts are found, then I'll take it. I'll enjoy it because at the end of the day, the movie may be shit, but I enjoy it with the people I watch. <sighs> but um, we're not even. We're only thirty minutes left. Yeah, we're about, to, still... get to, we're about to get to the shit show at the end of this. And, oh God, this is this is when is, we started waving our hands like, no, "Can we go?" What's funny is if you can look. Now that we're getting to the end, is literally the least amount of sentences of this uh, of this um, <laughs> summary so far. So, and he didn't pull this from Wikipedia. He no, wrote this himself. I wrote all this myself. This is actually not <laughs> bad for a re- for like a Wikipedia plastic. Have I cap. missed anything? Yeah, no, actually, I got, no. It's all covered, baby. And, and and you're not even like going opinionated on it you're actually just doing actual scene by scene recaps that's all i'm doing i'd say upload this to, to wikipedia try it yeah. um completely show oh no i did that already uh, <laughs> cyclops matches the blast vocal like i said out the window everyone's wrangled in and put into into those uh all right now we're on the, the in, train the military yeah. train thing the dabari infiltrate the convoy and start to attack it looking for gene to finish the transfer uh the x-men are free are freed and do battle with them, hoping to protect an unconscious Jean. 
Volk returns with only half of the force inside of her, but that's enough to stop the majority of Xavier's team. And Charles uses his mind powers to reconcile with Jean in his head. And Jean rises from her unconscious state, hell-bent on saving her family. She disposes of many of the Dabari easily before grabbing Volk. Uh, anything you want to say in any of that? I did like the Nightcrawler wigging out moment, but the only people that he gets to wig out on are aliens that are nameless, faceless, and can recover from everything, but also can't recover from anything. It was no Alan Cumming in X-Men number two. Nothing will, nothing will ever take like away that beginning. Hulk. And he was just stabbing the hell out of her. That was that was actually pretty cool. When was he was cool. when he was going like all around her with the puffing smoke. That was pretty cool. I like that he like had this like demon face. How do you feel about the the resiliency of these aliens? Makes no sense. It's arbitrary as hell. Even even you were pointing it out yesterday. They can withstand one bullet, but they can't take another. I mean, sure, calibers and all that. You were in the military, so you understand certain bullets have certain calibers. But yeah. but still, it's still metal. Doesn't matter how Fire big the metal power. is. It's yeah. it's still gunpowder and and booms. So one minute they they can't withstand like forty five millimeter rifles, but they could take on a Terran. Like so, I could already tell that this third act was lingering on way too long. It did. I think and this I is where a lot of Dan. the reshoots came. I look right at Dan and I make this motion with my hands, like hurry this up. No, once Storm, there was a scene with Storm where one of the aliens was going after uh, Eric. And Storm from the top of the train that has a piece ripped off just starts blowing wind into the train and blows back all of the aliens. Doesn't like there's a scene where Magneto handily takes down a bunch of these aliens, and it just makes you think, why didn't he just do it by he himself? Was literally the entire time? waving his hand for the whole theater to see, like, can we just move this on? But when this moment happens, when I say that, when it actually comes out of my mouth, like, hurry this up, we get a a a, a astral plane mind sequence, and we both laugh. Because I had just said, this is taking way too long. But now we're going to dive into the mental state of both of these people. Yo! Gene and that was, She literally looked at him like, oh, you were doing this for love? Okay, okay I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm, now I'm going to show you what I can really do. Okay. <laughs> I just thought about it for longer than the two minutes that it took to kill Raven. Oh. And now everything is fine and dandy. I'm good. You good? I'm good. Anyway, now let me show you what I can really do. I did like the blow up effect, but by then it was way too long. The the herd just but then like, it was too late. people by to dust. Awesome effect, but by that point, way too late. Way too late. Way too late. There was nothing saving. If that's what we were, if she was doing that in the beginning, give us something to fear from her. Imagine if she did it to Raven. You'd be she like, did it oh to Scott. God. She did it to Charles. She did it in for in Last Stand. So if you could do it in Last Stand, why can't you do it here? And if we're ever pointing at Last Stand and saying you should do that, oh you my know God, we've yeah, gone way too far. Yeah, we've gone like you've gone really bad of a movie when we're looking at Last Stand. Like, wow, they did that better. Hoping to overdose her on pure energy, Jean begins to transfer again, but notices that she's hurting Scott. Reserved to her fate, Jean chooses to fly into space with Volk before unleashing the full extent of the cosmic force which seemingly destroys them both in an explosion of cosmic fire. The school is renamed after Jean because of her sacrifice. Hank becomes headmaster and Charles and, and Eric have a chat and a game of chess while a phoenix lights up in the sky in the background. Do you see how quickly I, I tied all that third act up? There's probably more. I don't think there's this more. Though. No, no, that was it. That was it. Yeah, it was actually I think it's, it's those sentences played out for 45 minutes. For no reason. Yo, for no reason and nobody. Me and him started 
cracking up when it was Charles and uh, Eric in Prague or wherever they were, France or whatever. Because I swear on everything, I thought they were pulling off a Dark Knight Rises ending. They shot ending. it that way, bro. They and, shot it just I, like that. And I would be surprised if that's not the place. Because when they pulled away, they showed that they were in Europe. They weren't in a regular place. No, they were in France. They, yes, they were in Europe. They're and at so, an outside cafe. And so something's going on there. Something is going on there. They, that was Dark Dark Knight. And so you have this train sequence from Captain Marvel. You have the men keeping you down from Captain Marvel. You have the beginning of Shazam. You have the ending of Dark Knight. You're putting every damn movie you got into this film. And it just made it this blended. Uh, this I blended wouldn't have been surprised if junk. while they were playing chess, Charles would have looked over Eric's shoulder and he would have seen Scott and Jean chilling in France, drinking coffee. If they would have done that, I'd have walked out the theater. I would have not, I'll, not I'll I'll walked let, out. I'll let you know that one of the greatest in-theater experiences I've ever had was watching Captain America grab the hammer, was watching uh, Thanos snap in Infinity War. But going up there is Dan doing his best Charles Xavier and being in my mind when I saw that cafe. Because as soon as I saw <laughs> that cafe... I, I like looked to you and I started to like laugh and you automatically, I didn't have to explain it. You automatically was like, they better fucking not. <laughs> like, they better not be doing. You're the not, second I saw that set. You're like, I'm you're like, like, no. Cause you already knew why I was laughing because I'm like, they don't care that much that they're about to just pull from every, they're about to turn the corner and you're going to see Gene there with Scott, just like in Dark Knight, like, and raise a toast and it's, and it's all there. Oh my God. It just felt good having a brother there to to, to experience that with because man, it, it was just my too. It was it was it, it was like like it was like playing one of those guessing guess the frame of this movie games. Like there was no way that that was not the same backdrop of France but from Rises. I had to do some uh, homework. I had to do some research and talk about these um, reshoots and stuff like that. So what did a you find? What did you find off. out? What did you find out when it came to these reshoots? Because I I'm trying not to. Not to be too critical because of the research, but listen, I'm paying my money for this. This is a movie. I will never, I, I probably, probably, knock on wood, will never make a movie. But I hope that when I make a movie, I'm putting my all into this. And I didn't feel that way with this. So please explain to me through these quotes about reshoots, what the hell happened? So this is, this is, I'm going to go straight to James McAvoy first. I thought because I have a lot from Simon Kinberg. I wanted because he's the director, the producer, and the writer. So I wanted his word over everybody else's. But James McAvoy really stuck out because he said what we both said about this movie yesterday. He said the, the uh, James McAvoy and reshoot said the finale had to change. He told Yahoo Movies there was a lot of overlap and parallels with another superhero movie that came out a while ago, and we had no idea that they were. That ain't that they had spies on set. Fast, oh yeah, and Fastbender joins in saying they had spies on set, jokingly. This ain't a joke. This so, ain't no joke. So they were saying that they had to skirt things around. They had they to. They had to change like... the entire ending of the movie and do a lot of reshoots in the movie because it was closely related to Captain Marvel. Oh, was that the one? That That's they, the they movie that they, that they said that we we had to do a lot of reshoots because this is too much like Captain Marvel. That's why I, I, I in my response was we called it. We called it, we called it, we called it. From the final battle all the way to even the train scene, to the, even the bad guys of the movie, we called it that this movie was just like Captain Marvel. Yeah. Now, as far as Simon Kinberg goes, 
he is about as inconsistent in his responses for the reshoots as he is in writing this movie. Because he said that version was the one it was a that was a version that was when it was sort of less grounded version of the movie. I don't know what he was trying to say. I this is straight from him. Yeah, so how do you feel about that whole idea that that, that, that could have taken place in space? I don't think anything could have saved it. No. But that is what it is. No, there there's not nothing could have saved this movie. That this movie shouldn't have been uh, this script the way it was set up from story by story should not have worked. It should not have gone anywhere. They should have rewrote this entire thing because this is dumb. Or thrown it out. I, I'm, I'm also in the, in the Mostly we focused on the third act for reshoots, both emotionally and in terms of physical scale. In the and and the action of the third act, we had to adjust. He explained, and then there were certain things in the first two acts of the movie, very few things that didn't set up with the third act that we had to adjust. What are you talking about? If you have a final act that doesn't set up with your first two acts, so why are you going to go back and reshoot? Just because it might be similar to something else, you're willing to break the the the, the continuity you had yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Not, just, not just a franchise. No, in this, this movie. movie. Yeah. Just to differentiate yourself. There's no confidence in this movie. This movie is... is. <sighs> you said... What I felt in watching the third act of the film before the reshoots is it didn't fully pay off. The reconciliation of the family. There was not the kind of cathar- this was there. There was not the kind of catharsis I wanted the audience to have going through all of the trauma of this family that you see at, that that the audience could have gone through. You want to see them come together at the end. You want to see them come together in a different form at the end, a more mature form. When you heal, you get stronger, but you're different from it. I wanted the third act to reflect on that, so we went back and did pickups to really that really create for me what uh, what was more satisfying or what was more satisfying cathartic ending. Holy crap! Nothing paid off in this movie. In a better nothing mo- in a, paid off. In a better movie, the Dabari would have infiltrated the military and used the government to. Oust mutants. Yes. They would have said, you see that? You see what just happened there? There would have been a Dabari guy like Stryker going, we need to go to that school and we need to level it because those kids in there can do what that one girl just did. And we need to stop it there. Dabari would have showed up there with the military. Gene, it was the X-Men against the military, but they're also aliens, so it doesn't matter. You can kill as many of them as you want. And it just, there's so many different ways it could have, this could have went. So, the angels in the comic Where's Angel in real life? He lives, right? Where is he? Where's any of those four horsemen? Gone. Well, Magneto's here. Oh, God. This is Kinberg on first class's ending. And this, doing this research for you, this is where I had to stop. angered you? I had to stop. I had to stop for a second and really, like, read what this man wrote. He said, it's the family of outsiders and outcasts, strangers who come together to form this surrogate family and over the span of these movies have conflicts. Kinberg added, but mostly their conflicts are with outside villains, so the family is tested but remains together. This is a film that would tear the family apart. What in what movie were you watching where First Class had no a happy one, ending? But not only that, no one else besides Hank thought Charles was wrong in what he did. And Hank was kind of, sort of, compromised because he was sleeping with that woman. No one else in the school was like, 
Oh, you did that? That was kind of No, but he's up. talking about the way that first, the way first class no, he ended. he said that the family was divided. Yeah, but, he, but this is on this first class's ending. Yeah, on first no, class's but ending. But he's also talking about, like, he said on first class ending, they're coming together. They it's can't, like, they, they're, the family right. was tested, but they were never apart. There is no, this is the one that's going to test them and push them apart. The only person that left was Beast. Yeah. He was the only one that left. Because the other three, other two died. One seemingly, one for and real. And all the rest of the students. And oh, and, like, and whatever Xavier you retired. And, and they're all like, but I'm saying like, Storm, Cyclops, no one else questioned Xavier and what he did. The no, not at all. They didn't even know this conflict was going on between them. The only one that knew was Beast, and that's because he was dating Raven. If it was anybody else, no point in this, does Nightcrawler walk in and go, is it true? Did you put mental dampeners on her? No, no one does that. I don't even Scott knew. I don't even think Scott knew. Scott was fine with it because I think at, at one point she tries to explain it to him. Well, and he's at, just like, at least in first. Oh my god! Once again, at least in Last Stand, they had people that under. There was weight. There was an emotional weight. These Only kids in this were. Episode will you ever hear the words "at least in Last Stand"? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I like, thought we would never hear those words like, on this podcast. Like, but we're here. But, like we in here. what movie were you watching that first class had a happy ending? I, uh, Charles was paralyzed for life. Lost it his two best friends. It was optimistic. And it was optimistic and hopeful, but it wasn't. A, it wasn't. I wouldn't know. The it family was... didn't come back together at the end. Charles lost his family to get a new one. That's the whole thing. He lost his best friend, his surrogate stepsister, uh, uh, adopted sister. It just sucks because they they did too much time trying to convince me that Charles Xavier is an egotistical maniac, that Eric Lyncher is a reformed peacemaker. Peacemaker. That beast. It's a bloodthirsty murderer. That Cyclops. It's nothing. What is Cyclops in this film? Jubilee. Jubilee. No, well, yeah. Yeah. He had one no, cool Storm scene in might space. Be Jubilee. No, you know, I, I cannot for the life of, the of me. Ice? Get, I can't give Storm the Jubilee Award for the Don't simple give fact. Her the ice. All right, it's not about the ice. Alright, did they write her to do anything? No. no. But when she was on <laughs> but when she was on screen to display her power. She was doing some pretty cool stuff against the Dabari. I have to admit, uh, she shocked a bunch of people off the train. So that was pretty cool. Not cooler than Nightcrawler killing the Dabari with his knife. And his that's knife. why Nightcrawler and, and, and Storm end up surviving this movie. Because for seemingly two people that had nothing to do, they were doing the most when it came down to the action. Yeah. But no, Beast, Cyclops did nothing. So I can't believe they knew. This is once again... They neutered Cyclops. Yeah, right. Once again, you neutered Cyclops. But oh my God! At least in Last Stand, there's a you believe in their relationship. You had two movies beforehand to believe Scott really would feel this distraught about Jean Grey's death. Over here, you don't even get any of that. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the the? I feel like there was a lot of moments in here that they asked us to lean on our knowledge of these characters more so than actually give us the nuance. You even, you even, you even said to me, "He's like, I'm supposed to know that these two love each other over a shoulder touch in space." Yeah, that that's not enough for me. And I, <laughs> you, I stop myself because I feel like I'm repeating myself. Because next week we'll be covering Doom, we'll be covering Doom Patrol, and Doom Patrol was a property I did not know much of, and in its introduction. They made sure that they gave me the knowledge that I needed to go forth. They did not assume that I knew, mostly because the property is kind of sort of unknown. And I liked my hand being held that way. I liked being romanced. They romanced me and entered the Spider-Verse. And I know all those characters canonically. I know Spider-Gwen. I know Miles. But they held my hand. And they said, this is a multiverse. We're all from different versions of this multiverse. 
Yeah, you know, oh, on, you know a Spider Man, Nicholas Cage, but Spider Man. They're like, awesome. you know a Spider Man, but on another Earth, there's another Spider Man. There's a Peter B. Parker and a Peter F. Parker. And you would think that I would be like, come on, get on with it, but it wasn't because it did its best job to explain itself. This just is like it, this reminds me of BVS, where it's like you're supposed to know. Why don't you know? Because you didn't tell me. You never tried. I'm supposed to believe that Lois Lane and Clark Kent are in love because he hops into a full done bathtub with his clothes on? That's not even... Dude, maybe that's something that Krypton, Kryptonians do. When I they're know. angry. How would I know he's an alien? He's a damn alien, but he's not like the Dabari aliens. I'm kind of mad at that. I, I, I don't even care How about How do you feel about Jean's sacrifice? How do you feel about them naming the school after her? It happens in the comics, I believe. Uh, I think they've done it so many times in comic book movies that I stopped caring about things being named after a fallen no hero. No funeral is more poignant than moving the cross to an X in Logan. They ain't gonna beat that, man. They ain't gonna beat that. And well, at least Last Stand had Bobby Drake trying to hold two girls' hands at the same two time. Two girls' hands <laughs> at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> double fisting. He's double fisting at the funeral. Yo, that oh, was hilarious. God. I liked her sacrifice. Because I, I guess how'd you like her beginning and op- her beginning uh, monologue and stuff? I like her beginning and closing a monologue. The reason why I like she it opens is because it film. is her movie. I will still have to back it up that this is a movie about Jean with everybody else trying to survive in her world. I also felt like they were trying to get us to kind of yada yada through the Jean Grey uh, Charles Xavier father daughter relationship. Like they were really we yada yada. One of the most interesting parts of this we movie. We never got that emotional core. Then they could have done it in Apocalypse because that's her first movie. They never did. But they even in Apocalypse, we already you had that one moment in Apocalypse where she's melting the building. Remember? Oh, she's and she's half the asleep. Wall, yeah, yeah. And she has and a bad they dream. Stop. But how is she melting the walls, Dan? She has no Phoenix Force in her. Uh, uh, um, I gotta watch this movie. Well, first I gotta watch this alcohol. But first, I definitely gotta watch watch this movie out of my mouth. It's gonna take some time to do, but. I think I know the perfect property that's going to get me copywriting strikes, copywriting claims. I don't care because you guess what? The animated series with all its faults, with how much it costs to animate and how hard it is to voice act when you don't, you can't actively see what's going on. They got the those voice casts was one of the most iconic uh, even for, Charles, for any... is, Charles is always yelling, ah, ah, his brain. Yeah, but Roe got that. Come on, sugar, sweet Cherie type, oh, and, and don't, for, don't forget Aurora Monroe. All right, nothing sounds more like large and in charge than Storm in the in the X Men cartoon. Cause she, that's because she speaks in haikus. Storm and wind, water yep, and rain. I love that. She's like. From the mother of Gaia and all the rain I bring down upon you. That, I actually do like that. Actually that do shit like that. is awesome. But that gets this, you hyped. But in this, they almost pair her to be the villain because she's the one that's like, maybe Jean is. But she up. was a villain in Apocalypse. That's the problem. <laughs> it's all wrong, Oh, my man. God. It's all wrong. How do you have Storm, one of the first members, the founding members of the X-Men, a villain in Apocalypse, and then you have one of the founding members of the Brotherhoods of Mutant, <laughs> a good guy for the and whole series. And a founding series. member of the X-Men because she was in first yeah, and she even gives yeah, Xavier and and Professor uh, Lo, well, everybody their names. She gave everybody their names. How do you just allow this? Oh, do you have just... do you have any other words to say on this on this? Because we'll wrap it up with our final thoughts, and then uh, we'll just. Uh, I think I'm just gonna wait for my final. I, 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 it's all gonna be said in my final thoughts. There's really nothing else here. I'm just so disappointed. I'm really. 
I haven't been this disappointed in a movie in a long time, and I am disappointed. This has actually sparked up my um excitement to read more comics because I read the Dark Phoenix comic after watching Last Stand and realized how rich it was, and there are a lot of rich stories being told that are being butchered in the box office, and so I'm actually very excited to tackle some of the stories that I've been interested ooh, in tackling. And that's done that. I've actually downloaded the entire Grant Morrison X-Men run. And Grant Morrison is bonkers. And X-Men is bonkers. And we're about to put those together. Um, that's The Grant Morrison X-Men run introduces us to a character called Cassandra Nova. The alien that uh, was in that name. the body of Charles Xavier's uh, mother when um, she gave birth to Xavier and created and copulated her own body in there. Becomes the twin sister of Xavier and then commits commits mass uh, mutant genocide on Genosha. So that is some crazy, crazy stuff. Grant Morrison, what... crazy stuff. I, 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 and I'm in it. I want to get more X Men. This isn't it, Chief. This X Men movie. This ain't, ain't it. it. Nope. This X Men movie ain't it. Uh, thank you guys for being here as long as you were and being gluttons for punishment as much as we were. <laughs> but did um, we really a two, two hours? <sighs> I love the people. I love the people. I love the people. I love I, you guys. Thank you so much for, for liking and sharing and subscribing the podcast so far. If you guys want to hear something a little bit more upbeat, literally listen to any other podcast before this one. I'm just I'm just in a rare form because I'm I gave so much time and effort to this story and they literally fumbled it. And they fumbled it so Can you imagine if, if 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 Infinity War and Endgame did this? Can you imagine if Infinity War was like apocalypse then, and Endgame was like Dark Phoenix? Then if Shazam if Shazam was this bad, people would be talking about DC closing its doors. You know what I'm saying? People would be like, oh, so well, this it, this this movie is is promoted on commercials as the X Men's last hurrah. <laughs> I was laughing this morning. I was trying. I was watching a video on YouTube, and one laughing. of the one of the ads came up, and you know that that movie that movie voice guy. He's like, the X Men's last battle is their greatest one. I laughed so hard. I said, "No, no one. This wasn't even a battle. This was this was barely even a fight. This was a scrap for twenty minutes on a damn moving train." The X Men's battles, their greatest one. Get out of here. Get out of like here. Like I said, I felt like many people phoned this in, uh, and that's what got me mad. Um... Basically, no. There was a there, there was some phone in performances. Nicholas Holt, Jennifer Lawrence. Phoned in performances. McAvoy's doing a weird version of Xavier that's kind of like swanky, but also completely doesn't understand or underestimates everything. Kinberg. Kinberg. Just blame Kinberg. He's always like, what? And huh? And I didn't know. You're a telepath. You're a worldwide telepath that can stop people with your mind. You can stop people with your mind. Maybe he's still doing that heroin. Yo, when he was laid out on the couch, I I almost (laughs) moved over to you and was like, He's on that. On he's, that. On that. He's, he's on, on that. He's on that heroin. He's on that. My legs can work. Uh, <laughs> yo, if he was to stand up for us, if he was you know to that, like, I was like, yo, he's on that. You know, it's been a long night. His homegirl just his died. Sister, basically, his adoptive sister and he just says died. It, he says it to to Beast. Like, you, that's my sister. He's yeah. like, you're up here talking all high and mighty. Like, I don't feel guilty about what happened to my adopted sister, which I thought that was pretty. Damn yeah, cool. he's like, like, I just buried my. He's like, oh, that, that was something like that. He's like, why don't you keep laying the guilt on me after I just buried my sister and all that? That, I, that was actually pretty good. I didn't like. That I like. I like. I like drinking Xavier. That's my. That, I like, that, well, I like drinking in general. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, when you watch movies like this, you're gonna need it. 
I'm surprised you didn't have the bottle of fifth out for a Hellboy. Uh, let me so let me see if I can do this. Uh, uh, um. If you guys like everything that we do as a part of the Major Issues Podcast, you can find us wherever podcasts are found. That's on Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the YouTube. We can be on YouTube. We're on Google Play. We're on the Apple. I watch Podcast us on YouTube. That's I give us. I try and give us as much views and likes. So if you go to YouTube one day and you see that a bunch of all your videos likes. has one or two views with one specific like, next that's week me. I'm saying this inebriated, but next week we're going to uh, announce all of our followers on Podbean, the people that are actually followers. On here, I think. You guys oh yeah, let's start getting their names out there so yeah. they feel special, so they feel like they can talk. They are special, man. No, They're you guys are one hundred percent special, and, and they deserve to be acknowledged as much as we do. But we are literally available wherever podcasts are found. All those mediums that I just expressed. If if all that's hard for you, and you don't know whether or not you want to download a podcast app, literally Google Major Issues Podcast. If you Google Major Issues Podcast, we are the first result to pop right up. Right then. We are definitely every single. I just time. type as soon as you type in major issues pod on the Google yep. auto complete auto complete will be like the third one you Boop. see. We pop right up. Go ahead and give that a listen. You've already listened to this, so go ahead and listen to the, some of the past episodes and tell me what you think about it. You can reach us always at Gmail. I mean, comic book click at gmail.com to get your ex- uh, opinions heard and expressed right here on this show. If you guys write in in time, we'll go ahead and. and Read your opinions and let people know how you feel because we don't want to be the only ones out here expressing ourselves, especially our anger when it comes to stuff like this. So we want your guys' voice to be heard. If you guys have anything good to say about this movie, we would love to hear (laughs) it. Our dream as part of this podcast is to have the most interactive fan base of all time. We're moving further and further away from our humble beginnings and we're literally finding our footing um, and it's feeling great that you guys have been supporting us this entire time. So I want to thank you guys. If you guys want to do something that's a little bit low effort and definitely free, rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to uh, grow as podcasters and find out yeah, we can change. We're here to evolve and become the best podcast and talk about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. But reaching us, social media, that's I got easiest. you on that. It's I got easiest. you on that, man. Because all you have to do is go to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Again, we're at Major Issues CBC on Twitter, uh, comic book click at gmail.com on Gmail. We are everywhere. Talk to us, reach out to us, and let us know how you feel we about Dark Phoenix. We are anticipating that one day we wake up and we just have a barrage of emails and inboxes. But I understand people could be shy, so I'm just going to sit here and keep. Uh, pontificating. You like that word? I love that word. Pontificating. pontificating. Uh, about about comic books and comic book media, only because you guys allow it. Um, I we could be speaking into the void, but somebody's listening to this, and that's the greatest. Three thousand downloads that's and listeners. Somebody's that, definitely listening. Yeah, that's the greatest part about all this is how we've grown. Thank you guys so much for that opportunity in general. Um, Hi, mom. I think that's all of it. I think that's all. Yeah, my name is George Serrano, aka the Don. I am Dan, the comic book movie man. And this has been our Dark Phoenix recap and review. And remember, whether or not you deserve to direct your own movie because you've never directed a movie before, whether or not all of a sudden all of your characterization has been thrown away, thrown by the woodside, <laughs> so, oh, be so you can become a murderous blue ball of fur and anger, whether or not they knocked on your door at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, put... Two million dollars underneath the door where the door meets the floor and said, hey, Fastbender, do you want to show up and film some scenes? Whether or not 
you like this movie or not, whether or not you find yourself an X-Men fan or not, we are going to be here. The X-Men as we know it, the Fox X-Men are gone. The Avengers as we know it are gone. But Major Issues is here. The Click is here. You are part of the Click. But remember that you, yes you, are worthy.